on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt will surely make some eyes roll when he boasts about another one of his Star Wars speculation wins thanks to a trailer prediction that came true in the latest episode of The Bad Badge. If his head doesn't explode from being full of himself, Matt and Nick will fully break down this episode to ensure everyone is on the correct page. After Bad Batch time, the two will move on to a story about a beefy-looking Hayden Christensen, as well as a Rogue Squadron production update. Matt will do a little Darth Vader and War of the Bounty Hunter story time to keep everyone up to date on that kick-ass miniseries crossover before the duo shift into a discussion on some new Lego and Hot Toys collectibles. The show will end with the infamous fan segment, which will include fan responses to the question of the week, and of course, the latest iteration of the top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie! everybody welcome back to a new episode of the star wars time show and if you're disappointed you're on the live stream because you only see two people tough shit no interview this week you just get yours truly and my man nick aka chewbacca we're here to talk some bad batch i'm here to boast a little bad batch speculation because once again the master of all things star wars speculating hit the nail right on the head. I am talking as perfect of speculation as it can be when it comes to Omega and her true identity, her true relations to the Fets that were revealed in the last episode of The Bad Batch. So if you're on the live stream, like I said, you're, 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 you're looking at a YouTube clip right now, and I don't think you can hear it. I've made sure to share the clip in our Discord just mm-hmm. for posterity purposes. And again, I am an asshole. I uh, I have a, a blank, I have a hole in my soul that needs constantly filled with adulations and praise, <laughs> uh, clapping, whatever, trophies, medals. I just need to know that people know that I know my shit about Star Wars. Um, so, so what I'm talking about, Nick, before we really get into the Bad Batch breakdown, breakdown plus I want to talk some very important shit, Fast <laughs> 9. Um, I really did. I mean, yeah, I know this is kind of like a little gimmick we have on the show where I play up my speculation wins and how awesome I am and how, you know, myself and you being a member of the Star Wars Time Show should get more praise and respect followers, listeners, likes, comments, whatever you want to say. But I really did. I mean, I fucking nailed this. So much so that if I could play this clip for you and the show wouldn't blow up, I would do it. Yeah. Um, But what I'm going to do, I I will share the clip with the appropriate timestamp in the live stream. So even people that are re-watching the live stream, first off, shame on you for not basically watching the show live. Uh, We don't care if you have jobs, families, kids, bills. You should drop everything at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time to watch our two asses spew hot air about really nothing that matters in real life. A whole, whole lot of nothing, usually. But yeah. You know. 
But the, Nick, this is one like I even had to go back. I mentioned it in the break. Ba- break. Jesus, it's uh, this break bad brown. this early. Four minutes <laughs> in, and I'm already talking with marbles in my mouth. Watch <laughs> out, people! <laughs> wow. Do, uh, let me see. Is there is there vodka in my water today? No. Okay. No vodka. Um. But anyways, in my breakdown of BBS one E nine. Uh, what, what the hell was it called? I even forget the damn <laughs> title E-9. already. Bounty Lost is episode Yeah, nine. Bounty Lost. We we get confirmation of something that I called, as you can see in the video here if you're on the live stream, on March 30th, 2021, the day we got a, a pretty massive Bad Batch trailer, right? Mm-hmm. So this is still a few months before it released. Yep. And at a particular moment in the breakdown of said trailer right around the four minute and 25 second mark, I launch into my first ever take on the character of Omega. We didn't even know her name at this point in time. Okay. I didn't get that right. So, I mean, I'm not that good, but, but here's pretty much what I said. As I shared earlier, I will share the link in the live stream. It's in our discord as well, just so people can verify my stories to ensure that I'm not just whipping up a tall tale to tell on the internet to, to, to try and get some, uh, some cred here, right? Like the, uh, I have facts. I've brought the receipts, as they like to say. But at what I say, Nick, again, I have no knowledge of this. Our sources didn't share any of this. This is just me and my connection to the Force and my ability to take snee- uh, scenes that are you know cut together and don't necessarily flow in order and pontificate on them and then generate a speculation that actually rings true. Nice. So yeah. what I said, this is, you know, again, it's, it's not verbatim because I can't play it while we're on air or my entire basement will explode. <laughs> if, if you don't know what that means, just ask longtime fans of the diehards. Uh, when we first started the live stream, pretty much any time I tried to hit a different button on my machine, the entire setup would it would just go to hell. I mean, literally, Nick's mic would drop out, my all my yeah. audio would drop out, cameras would start flickering. It was just no good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like Pavlov's dogs, I've learned my lesson. When we're on the show, don't hit new buttons, Matt. All right. But anyways, this is what I said. I was like, listen, this clone to me is a girl. That was my first call. When. Yep. This clone to me is also probably just like Boba Fett. All right. I I, I said this. She's probably just like Boba Fett. And the only alteration is that they changed the X and Y chromosomes. All right. Yep. So I be months, months before the big reveal in Bad Batch S1 E9 laid it out there that Omega was a female clone, just like Boba Fett, and the only difference is that she was made a female versus a male. And what do we get in this most recent episode? Complete and utter confirmation of said speculation from me, the main dude of the Star Wars Time Show. So at this point in time, I will let you all congratulate me. Go ahead. I'm sitting back. I'm listening. Where are they? Comments. Come on. More comments. I want some emojis. I want some <laughs> high fives. All right. But you know what, dude? I mean, this this kind of plays into another one of my gimmicks. Not that you you play into these. I'm the asshole on the show, right? I'm the main dude. I'm the reason people don't want to, to listen because I'm a little crazy at times. But 
that's pretty damn good. I mean, that's some pretty damn good guessing with no yeah. information, our source giving us nothing, yet other sites out there, other podcasts out there, they literally spread their cheeks and spray fecal matter all over the wall. And if one piece of corn sticks, they are crowned the new go-to podcast of the internet for all things Star Wars. Now, this is twice in recent memory that I've absolutely nailed a major piece of Star Wars narrative lore before the actual product came out in full. The other one was, and I had to be remembered of this, so I'm not that big of a cocky asshole. But uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, at the end of the first episode of my breakdown, Figure Fucking Hurts reminded me that I pretty much called Boba Fett going to Jabba's Palace having an encounter with Bib Fortuna. Yep. All right. Check the tapes if you don't believe me. <laughs> thank you, Nick. And thank you, fans, for allowing me to get that boasting session off of my chest. I've been feeling pretty proud of myself since Friday morning, uh, but I really needed this moment, the, the stage, the spotlight, if you will, to shower myself in praise. Okay? Yeah. So thank I you. Mean, thank you for yeah. that. It was a good call, and I think a lot of it got lost in the fact that at a certain point, people were almost convinced that the quirk was not going to be that she was just like a, a standard Gen 1 version of Boba Fett, essentially, but that she was going to be Force-sensitive. Right, and like That right, kind of yes. took over the narrative that, oh, she's going to have Force powers, she's going to have Force powers. So I think it got lost in, in all of that jazz. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I'm still not gonna like completely veer off that Omega might not have some other sauce within her her genes. Yeah, but we do know for sure now that the 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 Kaminoans at some point in time, I'm guessing they probably didn't let Django or anyone know, but they're like, hey, um, you saved some of that unaltered Django semen, right? Um, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of make up a let, let's make a backup plan here just in case because. The, the, the clones, they're great. They're, they got all Django's good stuff, but we've made a lot of genetic alterations and mutations to some of them. It, it's the, 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 the sample's been degraded a bit, so let, let's keep a little bit of that fresh jizz from Django uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in the cryo tube somewhere. Keep it nice and cold. And on a rainy day, let's go ahead and make ourselves a female Django clone, just in yeah. case. So I, how I, I mean, old I, do you think Omega is? I think Omega is the same age that Boba Fett was in Attack of the Clones. So you think he's roughly, like, she's roughly, like, 12, 13? Yeah, 10, 10, 10 to 12, 10 to 12, yeah. So you figure, then, that, that they cooked her up, like, because they did Boba, basically, as soon as they signed, he signed the contract. He was like, okay, well, I'll do it, make me my clone right now. So they cooked up Omega... So bring it back 13 years. Yeah, they probably waited like three years before yeah. they cooked her. And again, yeah, so for people that, that aren't in the know, I'm talking like cooking even before Attack of the Clones. I mean, Boba was cooked 10 years prior to Attack of the Clones. Yeah, okay? so when, when we see him there. He's, he's not accelerated like, like the regs and all that, neither is Omega. Yeah. Uh, but there is, I, I, I do believe, I mean... It, yeah, it, typically girls go through puberty faster so if we're going to argue that they were cooked at the same time then to me she should still look a little older than than the boba we've seen in the clone yeah, wars no, as mean, a teen at this at this point boba is fuck man he's probably 16 17 
something like that. Yeah, 16, right? 17 for sure. I mean, I, in my breakdown, I kind of I kind of bring up the fact that there there definitely were uh hatched at different times because uh, I, and I know Boba they kind of in my opinion overaccelerated his uh his teens in the clone wars cuz he he goes from looking like Daniel Logan yeah. in season 1 or 2 to <laughs> He, he's starting to turn into an, an older looking clone by, I think it was a season four. And, yeah. and we're talking only maybe a, a year or two would pass Dude, since you then. You got to see though, like, it's crazy how, like, you'll say, I guess you'll see it soon with, with Charlie. In yeah, the I, next, know, I know, you know, I know. Five, 10 years. It can, it can happen. Hit that it, growth spurt. Right. Boom. It's, it's yeah, different. when that when that testosterone or estrogen flows in either of the sexes, you never know what, what it's going to yeah. transform the human into. Yeah. Um, so it but was, yeah, she uh, she's was, definitely younger. Different. So yeah, she. I think I think Omega's probably around ten, ten or eleven, given like her yeah. her physical build and stuff like that. But I, she's there's no way she's ten years younger than Boba. That just wouldn't physically be possible. Um, yeah. Uh, because they are. I mean, Boba at this time, we, we're still. Uh, I know it feels like days just based on watching the Bad Batch episodes, but it can't be any more than six months or so since the end of the um, end of the Clone Wars fall of yeah. the Republic. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like a, a massive amount of time has passed that has allowed Boba to, you know, turn into his 20s. So he, he's still in his teens. She's probably 10 to 12, no older than 13. So there was a wait. And, I, and, and because of the wait, I do believe it was the Kaminoans kind of doing things on the on the shady side they they weren't yeah. on the up and up about this i mean you know they told Django requested alpha he did not request an omega, omega. yeah all right so okay but we'll, we'll get we'll trust me we're gonna get way deeper into that episode it, it was pretty good i i love the what we're getting with fennec now and how that may play into book of boba and really her relationship with with boba fett at this point it might make a bit more sense outside of he just finding her in the desert and healing her. Maybe there is a deeper bond. Who knows? Uh, but before we get there, uh, you know, sometimes we like to shoot the shit when we don't have a guest. Just talk about some random stuff we've gotten into in the past week. And if it is Star Wars related, that's great. If it's not, who gives a shit, right? It's not like yeah. we're, we're we're charging you guys to listen to our dumbasses. <laughs> um, but you know, I've I've made my return to the cinema. I did that with A Quiet Place Part Two. Fantastic. Highly recommended if you're comfortable with that. Uh, but last week we, we we got a new movie, and you know before all this bullshit happened, that was, I mean I was an A list Stubbs member through AMC. I probably would see. I mean I saw Nick at least a movie, one movie a week, typically yeah. the, the new release of the week. Sometimes it was getting upwards of my full three you know free screenings per week. So it was, it was a huge hobby of mine. It was one of the things I probably missed the most about the pandemic. Um, I, throughout the months I kind of got used to watching stuff at home but there's still something about going to a theater and watching a big summer blockbuster uh, like this movie I'm about to talk about that just it, it almost needs to be done in in yeah. a traditional movie theater plus no, yeah. I'm an AMC ape I'm holding some shares so I'm gonna do my part in driving sales <laughs> to those motherfuckers they had a their biggest uh, box office weekend and I think over a year thanks to Fast 9 which is the movie I went to see and if you're rolling your eyes because I went to see Fast 9 you should be <laughs> because the franchise is just batshit crazy at this point in time and that's almost why I continue to go and support it um, <laughs> Fast and Furious has just become a complete mutation of what it 
started out to be. And Nick and I were talking about this before we went live, because after I watched Fast 9, and I'm not going to say I, I, I hated it. I'm not going to tell you to, to not go see it. I mean, if you like the Fast franchise and you like it because it is so fucking over the top and silly, you'll love Fast 9. I mean, I was laughing out loud, not at comedic moments, but at moments that are so fucking insane for reality. Like, I'm talking, I would laugh at these if superheroes were doing them. They're so fucking crazy <laughs> that it is ultimately a, a, a good movie going experience. But like I was telling Nick, if, if you look at Fast 9, uh, okay, no, no Fast 9 spoilers. I mean, I, I might, there is a, but they've talked about this, so I don't, I'm not going to feel bad about this, but there is a space scene, okay? They've yeah. promoted that. That's not a spoiler, but I, I'm not going to give you any spoilers because there's really nothing to spoil. It's, it's a fucking stupid movie. It's just <laughs> nothing but crazy action and, and CGI and, and just, I'm telling you, stuff that the Avengers wouldn't even dream to do. <laughs> but either way, if you look at Fast 9, and then like me this weekend, I saw that um, the Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious were on HBO Max. It's like, you know what? I haven't yep. seen the originals in, in such a long time. And Nick, I didn't even realize, I mean, Fast 1 came out 20 fucking years ago. Yeah, I saw the, I saw they've been like years promoting ago. it and stuff recently, like 20 years of Fast and Furious. <laughs> I mean, kudos, first, first and foremost, kudos to everyone involved in the Fast franchise for keeping this thing going that long. Especially if you, if you watch the first movie or two, you're like, how did they get nine movies out of this shit? But here's the point. The Fast and the Furious is truly just a cops and robbers movie with cool cars, like souped up yeah. cars from the late 90s. Dude, it's you know, nuts like, like you the, think, uh, like they were stealing DVD players. Right, and that yeah, was that, like, was a, that was Dom's, Dom's gang's big get was robbing truckers on the highway of, yeah. of DVD players <laughs> like, and CRT monitors. On, on these fucking DVD players, boy. They were, they, I think even at one point they said what the score, they're like, it's a $20 million score or some yeah, shit like that. And they open up the truck at one point and it's all Panasonic DVD players. Right. Uh, well, I mean, again, 20 years ago, that was yeah. some big shit. DVD was, yeah. was all the rage. Yeah. But point being, it, it truly, I mean, yeah, the, the, the cars were kind of over the top, but they were real. It was realistic. Street racing is a real thing. And, yeah. and they kind of stick to that. Yeah, the race at the end where they, you know, they, they, they jump the, the train track and, and he flips the car and he's fine, walks away. Okay, that's all the, the, the movie nonsense. But it was purely, at its heart, cops and robbers, relationships, that type of shit. You know, some bro, there's definitely some broness in it. Too Fast, Too Furious gets even more broness. Hell, I didn't even re remember. I mean, Dom isn't even in the second movie. Like, no, he is not. He's not. You can see right there that they, they never had plans to turn this into a Fast 9 type of franchise. It was Paul Walker, and this is where fucking Tyrese gets introduced. Yeah, dude, it was, he wasn't in the third one either. No, like, neither. none of the people from the first two were in the third one. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Fast franchise, it was just kind of like dying out. And they, the, anyone that they could get on the phone, they're like, hey, uh, Ja Rule, you want to be in a movie? Yeah, <laughs> man. All right, you're in Fast 3. Hey, you guy and uh, Lil Bow Wow, you want to be in a movie? Yeah. All right, you're the cast of Fast 3. And then it seems by Fast 4, I think that's when they got the, the, the cast together. But my point yeah. being is... I, I, I even re I remember parts of Fast 3 and, it, and still there the focus is on street racing just like yeah, Fast 2 and Fast Tokyo. 1 it, it was all about street racing and you know and there's a, a cop and robber mix to it 
you know, Paul Walker's Brian is usually working for the cops. Uh, But what it turns into by the time we get to Fast 9 is it's night and day. (laughs) It has become, it's no fucking joke. They actually make fun of it in the movie. It has become a superhero franchise. It's no different. It, it, I mean, the the feats that these people pull off will leave you, like me, with your jaw agape laughing at the ridiculousness of what you just saw on screen. And now because <laughs> Big Amish said no spoilers, I, I will adhere to it. But within the, the first 10 minutes or so, I was like, ah! <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Like someone actually wrote that on a script and they're like, yeah, let's fucking film that, man. That's going to be bad ass. Dude, I don't even know if they read the scripts anymore before green lighting them. They're just like, whatever, just do it. I don't care what happens. Do you want to go back in time to the dinosaurs? Fucking do it. Fast and dinosaur. Go. You know, it's funny. It's it's funny you bring that up because I went to an IMAX and I guess these days I don't know if they're making up for lost time, but IMAX movies at AMC. Yeah. 30 minutes of fucking trailers. Jesus. 30 minutes. And I show up late. Like I, I have a system. I've always had a system. I leave my house right when the movie starts because I'm that close. I'm still sitting around for 15 minutes with my thumb up my ass going like, what the fuck is going on here? But back <laughs> to Nick's dinosaur point. So it seems like all the trailers are over, right? And then yeah. it it literally goes to a scene of a dinosaur walking through like the Jurassic period. Yeah, because you were supposed and, and to get Nick, like a Jurassic World teaser, right? Nick, I'm sitting here. Well, I didn't know that. So I'm sitting here. I'm going, what the fuck? Fast <laughs> and the Furious, they're really, they're doing, they're, they're really fucking going to incorporate dinosaurs somehow. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Is this them watching a movie or something? But then it eventually plays out. It was a, they, they kind of give you an early clip from the new Jurassic World movie. But at first, Nick, I'm not lying. I was going, <laughs> holy shit. They really have just gone off the rockers. They're going to incorporate dinosaurs into Fast 9. <laughs> Luckily, that wasn't the case, but. There is a scene in space that may make a dinosaur inclusion in Fast and the Furious seem more realistic. I'll just leave it at that, okay? <laughs> so, if you enjoy the Fast and Furious franchise, I highly recommend going to see Fast 9 just because of how silly it is. I mean, it is so over the top. You might as well just call yourself the, you know, the, the Avengers of vehicles, all right? <laughs> I mean, there is just there is no reality left in this franchise where that yeah. where it used to be, in my opinion, outside, of, you know, yeah, movie stunts and some of that shit. It wasn't a franchise that, you know, was too far from real life. I mean, yeah, yeah th- this this could happen. You, you could have these street racing syndicates that are also mixed up in some illicit activity. Yeah. <laughs> but where things are at by the by the end of Fast 9 and please God make a Fast 10. It is bonkers. And yes, as Johnny says in the chat, they still, I mean, that, 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 the, the mantra family, that is probably the only thing that has carried through from fast <laughs> one to fast nine. And that is it. Dude. Last comment it's- on this. Um, Vin Diesel doesn't give a fuck anymore. Doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. Like if you look at him from when he started as Dom till now, yeah. That guy's like, hey, I'm I'm not an idiot. I know what I've got here. I mean, the Fast franchise has been my meal ticket. I really haven't acted in anything else that had a franchise. I mean, I've been in some recent movies, right? Like he was in that quasi-superhero movie last year, I believe. 
Um, but Nick, in this movie, it's like, I don't even think he trains anymore. <laughs> I mean, for a character that always has his sleeves off yeah, and is wearing tight shirts, I would think you would at least want to tone up a bit. Maybe not so much like the Rock's Hobbs character, but, you know, go on like a, a little bit of a diet, Vin. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene I'm sitting there going, you know what? Kudos to Vin Diesel for just not giving a fuck because he's wearing a wife beater. He's got those pancake, like smashed old man tits hanging out. There's like almost no definition left in his arms. And his brother is is John Cena. Yeah, his brother's jacked as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> which which looks ridiculous. I mean, I like John Cena. I, I think he's good in, in comedic movies. Yeah. He's not good in these types of movies. He's terrible. <laughs> he's fucking terrible. Like, I mean, it, it just goes to show you that people like The Rock or Dave, even more so Dave Bautista, because I, I think Dave Bautista is probably the best overall actor of yeah. the wrestling class. I mean, he's not as popular as The Rock. Uh, but Bautista, I actually think could give you some emotional shit. Uh, his his little stint in Blade Runner, you know, kind of yeah. uh, clued me into that. Uh, but Cena, it, to me so far, he's still kind of like when Hulk Hogan tried to act. It's just, uh, I mean, he, he plays a bad guy and yeah, he looks big and tough, but holy shit, it, it's just not good. Not good, John. Not good, <laughs> yeah. pal. I, I may go see Fast 9 soon. Uh, I my the the Regal Theater near me, which is the closest theater chain to me, uh, they just reopened their branch again. Uh, I still have my unlimited membership, so I can go and see all the movies I want. Did and, AMC buy them yet? Because I think I thought that was his plans. I mean, his plans at this point, after assholes like myself and the intern have made his company worth way more than it is, uh, his plan is essentially to eat everything up. I don't know. I don't think that they bought. AMC. I mean, I don't oh, think I, that I AMC thought I read them. somewhere that they were they were snagging up Regal as well. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, if they do, hey, I'm all for it. As long as the movie theater close to me stays open, I don't give a fuck who owns it. Right. Them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I mean, AMC at least in their theaters that they have either renovated or I don't know if they've built new recently, but they they do it right. I mean, the, those Dolby screens are fantastic. Uh, you can get order to your seat now. Literally, when I'm when I'm ordering my ticket, and be like, "Yo, I want this, this, and this," and I'll sit in my seat, and they'll come drop it off. Yeah, that's um, like. The but yeah, they, I mean, here in, in this state, they've adopted the the honor system. So I mean, I, I still wear a mask. I am one of those vaccinated people that will wear a mask out in public, uh, especially in closed indoor situations like a a movie theater, because I don't trust a single one of you motherfuckers out there. <laughs> uh, you know, I've suffered too much trauma with my own friends that I thought were intelligent over this past year and a half it's just like i mean fuck everybody so <laughs> i i, 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 I yeah. still wear my mask but i i'm definitely going out in public like a, a regular person yeah uh, gonna good. gonna tempt fate next week and go to an amusement park like an asshole which is essentially to me it's like a a vacation spot for hillbillies <laughs> which is probably going to be a a hotbed for the delta variant so i guess we'll see how well the the moderna holds up but i'll probably be an asshole in that hot weather wearing a mask all day in a fucking amusement park because a bunch of cocksucker cocksucking selfish dicks out there that think they know more than scientists about this lovely vaccine that is proven to do what it was advertised to do and no look hey look nothing sticking to my head hey look i'm not <laughs> magnetized now you dopes
Yeah, I love how the, right. the magnetism thing came out. Uh, yeah. Bat. I, I don't bat. I don't hate Vin Diesel. I like I said. I think he's. I, I give him credit because he's someone that in Hollywood that's like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I don't care if Dom is supposed to be this big, tough guy. I'm going to do me. He realizes yeah, I, I think, now, especially with Paul Walker gone, like, oh, he's, yeah. the, he's the crux of the franchise. Like, well, if he's and, not in it, and then, um, The Rock yeah. wasn't in this one, like, purposely. I mean, because I think him and Vin had some pretty hardcore yeah, they, beef on Fast 8. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's why uh, The Rock and Jason Statham had their own movie. They had the Hobbs and Sh- Fast and Furious present Hobbs and Shaw. Right, and right. Then Vin has his has like the proper whatever Fast and Furious right. shit. Again, no spoilers, but there is there is an end credit to this to F nine. So they are definitely going to do an F ten, which I am I am sadistically excited for. It's so All crazy, right. yeah. But I saw <laughs> for me, I saw Cruella. I thought it was really fun. If you Great. like, it's fantastic. You don't even need to like Disney stuff. Like I like, it's just a good movie. Cruella is just a good movie. Emma Stone yep. is fantastic in it. This yep. was like the first date night that Taylor and I had in a while. We went out to a Korean restaurant that was right across the street from the theater. Had dinner. Went to the theater. Saw the movie. I mean, it was it was nice to have like a little date night again. So I would definitely recommend seeing Cruella if you are just in the in the you know market for a good movie to see at a theater it's definitely worth it yeah i I, i'll second that you know i'm not i'm not a i'm not a too too manly to admit that but cruella we did it on the disney premiere plus or whatever that jazz is a few weeks when it first came out and i just like nick said i was like wow this is a really good fucking take on this character that i mean you wouldn't have to know the cartoons or any any of that shit i mean it, it definitely um plays into it a bit there there's some nods to this character and and how she may become that 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 cartoon version of cruella yeah uh, but it's just it's a real a second one coming well oh. good because i i think emma stone is just she's a fucking treasure i mean she's a, a beautiful young lady but she she can act her ass off i mean that yeah that movie to me is is all her i mean her and emma thompson are, are what really yeah um sell the dynamic of that film they, they fucking crush it uh joe is at joe says surprised they haven't turned it into a tv show what, fast and, and furious yeah yeah there is a tv show there's an animated series on netflix so go look at oh it. yeah you're right <laughs> you are right <laughs> hey, and again i mean howard stern says this all the time to people that that get you know kind of uh luck into a franchise stick with it I mean, I, I am not shitting on Fast and Furious. Even Nick was like, yeah, these movies are dumb as fuck, but I own all eight of them. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, dude, it's like when you see shit, like there's a car <laughs> that's running away from a submarine on an all ice shelf thing in the, Bro. in Antarctica. Like you that's have nothing. like your body has no reaction other than to just be like, what the fuck is going on? And just like it, watch out. I'm of telling pure, you. Like, I'm telling you, within the first 15 minutes of Fast 9, it makes any other ludicrous Fast and Furious scene seem realistic. (laughs) It's fucking nuts. And and the space scene, like I said, that's it right there. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil it for Big Amish, but the space scene, that's all you need to know. It's almost worth going for that because you're going to be like, 
wow they these people must eat mushrooms to write this fucking shit because i don't know how anyone reads that on the on the page and goes fuck yeah that is gonna kick ass it's gonna be believable the fans are gonna eat it up it's gonna be intense it's gonna be dramatic no when you see this you'll be like what the fuck were these people tripping on yeah, no, I mean, that's what you have to be on mushrooms to write these scripts now because there's yeah. no other way that you could think of anything. Oh, so man. I am, but at this point, though, I am, I'm totally reinvested in the Fast franchise. I will be continuing my rewatch. I'll be moving on to Tokyo Drift probably this weekend. And then back, I think, when the family gets back together in, in Fast 4, I think that's probably when uh, Vin's like, hey, this thing's still making money. All right, I'll get involved. Yeah. I, was, I was one of the first people. Yeah, no. He, yeah, yeah, I think he does. Black Series he does clips do back. it. Do he it. He comes yeah. back at the very end of three. Like he was like a stinger scene at the end of the Tokyo Drift okay. movie, All where right. like, oh my god, All fucking right. Dom's, he's back, he's here in fucking Tokyo Got or some you. shit like that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> now I need to check that out because, uh, like I said, I, I'm a fan. Even as as ridiculous as it is now, it was still. I didn't feel like I wasted life, I, and like yeah. I said, I I, I laughed. I I was confused at times, but I walked out going, "Hey, that was something." Hey, it was I saw something. a movie. I saw <laughs> right, yeah, I saw something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it. We just changed this to the F and F time show. That's right, Fast and Furious. Up next, we're gonna have Hobbs on as our guest. That's right. Yeah, we got Dwayne the Rock Johnson calling in on the hotline. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Oh, just kidding. He would never call the Star Wars time show. No. All right, man. Let, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk Star Wars, but yeah, you know, sometimes we just like to share some pop culture shit with with the fan base, just in case you might have been, uh, you know, in, in in a little shell or in a bubble and not really paying attention to what's going on out there in pop culture outside of Star Wars, which is completely respectable. I get it if you just want to silo yourself in that galaxy from far, far away. Uh, but I, I do like myself some pop culture, and, and Fast and the Furious is. 100% etched in our generation's pop culture at this point in time. I mean, shit came out when I was 20. It's crazy. And I'm still talking about it. Yeah. All right. Bad Batch. Here we go. Breaking down S1, E9, what I called Alpha and Omega, but as Nick corrected me, Bounty Lost. Uh, all right. So, you know, this this one, Nick, it, it was still... Um, Still a little light on kind of the, the 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 nuancey stuff that I like to get into, you know, the eggs yeah. and references. Uh, but I I would say this one was was far from filler and really was was kind of action packed. You know, we had yeah. uh, we had a little bit of a space battle to start things off. We had two formidable bounty hunters going toe to toe, really kind of showing their skill sets off. Uh, we had Omega. Uh, again, channeling her her daddy's Mandalorian roots and kind of figuring out her own way and essentially saving herself with an assist from the batch. Um, so overall, general impressions, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm always going to love an episode where it allows me to tell all of you how right I am. <laughs> uh, so the fact that this episode confirmed my speculation from March 30th that Omega was indeed the Omega to Boba's Alpha... That is now canonized. It opens up so many fucking doors for uh, Boba Fett and Omega in Bad Batch and beyond. So I think that's super exciting. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, we knew we're in the second half of the season and, and episode nine really kind of took those reins and ran with it. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting Omega to be saved so quickly. Yeah. But I I kind of dig that they did and they didn't really uh, draw that out. Um, obviously, it's going to open up all sorts of cans of worms for the Bad Batch, which is why I think the writers got her right back into their care. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely, I mean, based off of our speculation during the segment last week where we were talking about the July episode titles, I think we kind of pegged that that she may be lost for a little bit longer than we expected, but obviously we were wrong about that. Um, but I, I agree with you. Overall, the episode was it was fun, and it it was one of the first episodes where you were almost completely removed from the batch themselves and from Crosshair and the Empire. Like you were completely yep. focused on Omega, Bane. And then yeah. Fennec at the end. So I thought that that was a very cool change to the dynamic of the show. Hey, get in the chat. What's Tones questioning me on? I got to correct him. What are you talking about, Tones? You, you saying I didn't call that that Omega was a, an unaltered Django clone, but made female? Get the fuck out of here. You Just go check the link in the chat. Look, it's right there. The speculation. You can see I it. I think he's right. got the winky face in there. So he's he's just poking you. But it, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't refer to Boba as the alpha in, in that in that speculation. Yeah, no, Jesus I don't think Christ. that anybody like we, what, what, a, what yeah. a tough audience. I mean, no wonder no one watches <laughs> my shit still, even though I'm essentially predicting shit that happens months before it happens. They call me the Nostradamus of Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, to cut to cut into your um, appraisal of the episode. No, no, Please I, I mean, carry on. It was fun to see. Like you said, the, this kind of showdown between Bane, Cad Bane, and Fennec because hell yeah, dude! I mean that was that was one of the best non-force user fights that we've probably seen in a in in a long time in live actions or not you know in animated Star Wars. I mean in Star at, Wars period, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, you don't have a lot yeah, of those I'm, kind of. That's a great that that was a great way to phrase it there, young Nick. Um, yeah, because I think you hit on the something. You're exactly right. I don't think we've ever had a battle between non-force users that was that intense, that long, took up that much, uh, that much of a, of a narrative. Yeah. Uh, because Cad, you, Cad and Fennec, I mean, it was like, you know, it was like Ollie Frazier. I mean, it, it, yeah. you, you have to say that, you know, the only reason he lost out is she might've, you know, used her, her, her tech a bit more or, you know, Omega, like I said, was kind of taking care of herself. That kind of helped as well. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they were very equal. I mean, it, I think it was a great way to kind of establish Fennec as a, a badass, even though she's new on the scene, as Cad says, uh, but also to remind everyone that, you know, Cad Bane is no slouch either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, Cause if you think about like the only movie where there were legitimately no force users in it was row one and well i guess and solo but like there was never like a, a really good like one-on-one -on -one battle like we saw with Fennec no yeah and, not and not and like Bane. fisticuffs i mean solo yeah. it was mostly blaster base i mean there, there's always yeah. some good gun battles in star wars but i i think you're right i think in terms of just you know like a fisticuffs with some tech mixed in yeah that was, that was solid. I mean, hey, yeah, we could always be like, yeah, Boba Fett kicking the shit out of stormtroopers in the Mandalorian. Yeah, that that was pretty awesome too. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a duel. Anyone can kick the shit out of stormtroopers. We we've established that. 
Yeah. Um, but but seeing these <laughs> so, two bounty hunters go toe to toe and each using their own skills and tricks uh, was a treat. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. I hope that we get some of that kind of stuff in live action in Book of Boba Fett. I mean, that would be the perfect avenue to bring in more battles, hand to hand combat like this. So I thought that was cool. Um, Omega, again, like taking control of her own fate in a way is was really nice to see. Um, we've seen her grow so quickly through these episodes since she's been with the batch and off of Camino. And this was really the first time or one, you know, like outside of that episode where she had to go get the power converter um, after Hunter was knocked out. Like this was one of the first times that she literally had to fend for herself completely. And oh, yeah, um, she did. Yeah, I think it's being really done on purpose, time. Nick. It's like with each subsequent episode, Omega is becoming uh, more and more of of her father, if you will, her brother. I mean, you can see now that we know, I mean, you know, she has that, that Mandalorian DNA baked into her and obviously hanging around the bad batch. She's becoming more and more resourceful, uh, more and more able to take care of herself. And and like you said, the, both the batch uh, crosshair included, they were mostly ancillary to this episode. It, It truly was about Omega's escape from Cad Bane. Yep. All right. We can't really say escape from Fennec now that we've learned what we know about um, Fennec, which I which I, we'll, we'll touch on. And I, I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, by the end of the season, I mean, hell, Omega may be the fucking leader of the bad bad. <laughs> she just you, you don't know. But clearly this this little girl uh, isn't just your, your, your standard uh, little person right i don't want to make a difference between little girls and boys each can do amazing things child um but but clearly uh, her time spent with the batch as well as her her genetic makeup just like boba himself uh she is uh, metamorphosizing into a very capable and skilled mandalorian clone yeah definitely so Overall, I think that this was definitely one of the best episodes of the season so far, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I dug it. Plus, we, we got some like cool, just old Kaminoan lore, like uh, you know this this uh, or, their original cloning facility on Boyo Vow or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, uh, seeing some of that shit they were doing there. I mean, some of those cloning tubes I'll talk about right now in the egg segment, but they they look kind of familiar to some cloning facilities we've seen in uh, some recent Star Wars. So let, let's break down some of the eggs and references here. Uh, first up, we talked about last week, you heard it here, but we, we got confirmation in this, in this episode when Cad takes off his hat, uh, but there is his <laughs> replaced skull piece. Yep. Um, so, so that just kind of drives it home even more that th- there's a good chance that Filoni and team have accounted for the Fett and Cad duel. Uh, it's just happened off screen now, which, you know, boo-hish yuck, but I think that's probably being done for an ultimate showdown, which at this point in time, there's some legit stakes adding to it if you consider that Omega is technically Boba's little sister. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely. would think the way uh, Boba is with family, especially his father, you know, he's all, everything was about his dad. I want to honor my dad. I want to honor my dad. Even, even to Din, he's like, yo. This is my dad's armor. It's all about his dad, 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 right? Yeah. So when he, he's we very. When you see the guy get his head cut off right in front of you, yeah. it sticks with you. 
He's very to me. To me, he seems very family oriented, which seems yeah. odd for a clone. But he, he is. would be Even a in, good member of the the Fast and Furious gang. He's exactly. all about La Familia. Yeah, he, he is the Dom of of Star Wars, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, he's got the but, tattoo underneath his armor. Even even if you think about it, Nick, in the Clone Wars, he created a family for himself with, with Ara Singh and Bosk. I mean, I'd say those were like his de facto stepmom and dad. Uh, but we know he worked with Dangar as well. Yep. And he, they treated him like a like a boss. He was the leader, even though he was a little teenage shithead still. Um, so... One has to speculate, and one this one speculates these days. It sometimes comes true, but if Cad is going to keep on Omega's trail, yep. And we know now Fennec has essentially been hired to protect her from ever being returned to the Kaminoans, and we know that she is directly related to the Alpha, aka yep. the Boba. There's a damn good chance Boba Fett is going to get mixed up in this chase. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's almost like a take it to the bank kind of thing. I mean, we now know that Star Wars is is heavily invested in the in the Fett business. Like, um, you know, he's got his own series. He played a huge part in The Mandalorian. And I, it's almost for sure that he's coming in this this uh, season of the or, or Bad Batch because it, there's just too much connection. There's too much con- like bringing in Cad Bane by himself was enough to have Boba kind of insert himself into the story somehow. Now having it to where like like Omega, like you said, is essentially his sister. He is the she is the female version of him. Like there is more of even more of a reason for him to come in. And, yeah, I mean, how you never know with Boba at this point. He definitely has many chips on his shoulder. Maybe he's still like fuck you i'm the best fet fuck you know my dad didn't want to have you you're you're uh, you're an abomination you know maybe boba has a negative reaction to omega but i'm still thinking that uh he's he's gonna have a little affinity for her yeah uh, but i i do i i i 100 see boba showing up before this season ends i think he's gonna be in the armor because uh, he technically hasn't been featured in it in the Clone Wars. He's always worn something else. Yeah, I wonder uh, if it'll I, be, uh, if he'll have it painted his own color. Well, yet, if, they, if they are going to pay off on the deleted scene at some point, and these two do have a duel on screen, I would say yes, because he was painted in that duel, the, the okay. deleted duel we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we're not there yet. I want to go, I'm going to, I'm going to put more time into the Omega, the Omega Boba connection and how that could play out down the road, even into book of Boba. Yeah. That's uh, but a lot kind of, of back to, back to all the connections though, Nick. I mean, even the fact that Fennec is in the bad batch and she is not related to, but her storyline is, uh, closely related to Omega's. Mm -hmm. And we, we know that Fennec essentially becomes a, a loyal hand of Boba. It's all starting to come together a little bit. I think we're, we're starting to see some of the layers are being peeled off of, of Filoni's grand plan here for the resurgence of, of, of Boba Fett, the live action franchises and what his team is doing in the animated universe with the Bad Batch. And I love it. I mean, it's just it's just brilliant shit left and right. Uh, real quick, Tones, I don't think we'll get a hot toy Omega unless they put her in some form of armor. 
uh, and possibly not until maybe she's an an older character. I just I, I can't outside of Kuwil, and that's only because he's a smaller stature character. Uh, they typically don't make children hot toys, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. I think the smallest ones I've seen would be the Jawas, the Ewoks, and like I said, Kuwil. But that's that's just their stature. I, I I've never seen like a uh, I guess there's never been a a main I kid say, character though, so yeah. I was I, say they, they never really say never children. again. The only option that you would have had outside of Omega now is if you would have made like Episode One Anakin. Anakin, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was the and only they other, didn't, like, so they didn't. So I guess that speaks volumes. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, back back to the uh, eggs and references. So yeah, I mean that that concept art wasn't bullshit. Like I told you, there you go. Cad definitely uh, suffered some sort of egregious injury to his dome. All right, so um, again, Tech, just like C three PO or other robots, he he kind of is a character that explains lore to us. Yeah. The viewers. Uh, so we learned from tech. This is where we get the official confirmation on my speculation. Yes, Tones, I will bring that up as many times as I can, because that's all I have in life is to know that I'm right 10% of the time on Star Wars speculations. I don't really have much left, uh, much else to get up for at this point in time. But tech is the one that confirms like, hey. Uh, you know, Omega, she isn't like us. She is unaltered. There's only been one other unaltered clone, and it is the Alpha, which later became referred to as Boba. Yes. Uh, so that was it. Tech was the one that that kind of made my day last Friday and let me know that even though no one else gives a shit, I should feel damn proud about my pointless and useless skill at being decent at predicting future Star Wars moments. Okay. <laughs> um, so thank you, Tech. These cloning tubes, all right, uh, they, they look kind of familiar, especially if you've read the recent Vader comic where he goes to Exegol and you see some of the early shit that Palpatine was getting into with cloning. Uh, looked very similar. I mean, you could also argue that, and I think I put this in the video, some images from the Mandalorian season two when they're on Navarro and they find that facility. Yeah. So, you know, hey, cloning tubes. Neat. And uh, I think the last one here, the alien that Omega, you know, kind of hilariously dumps on top of Fennec. I mean, Nick, that is, that's like if, if you told someone, hey, this is what an alien looks like, that's what you would point to, right? Exactly. That, that's kind of what I was getting to. That is your tried and true version of what humans think an alien would look like. The, the, the big head, the big, big eye. glassy eyes. Yeah. So to me, that, that was definitely an egg reference to just aliens. All yeah, right? just like the, the popular culture, cultural perception of alien. Uh, yeah, I was I, like, I saw that. And I was like, man, is that something? Is that like something that we're missing or right, like, right. not just grasp it? Because there, there was definite like recognition as soon as it hit. And it, okay, it wasn't until you said it that I was like, oh, yeah, that's just like the fucking standard alien. Like, yeah, that's, that's th this the was one of those moments, one of those scenes where in my notepad, I put a question mark next to my notes. Like, I need to follow up on this to verify if this is anything worth discussing. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, yeah, you know, that this isn't like Nick was thinking. This isn't anything that is, is Star Wars universe related. But this is for damn sure what, you know, the the little green men 
uh, mantra has become, and, and really in, in, in human society, when we think of aliens or, uh, like I said, if they're in a dictionary or an encyclopedia, they would be somewhat gray looking, kind of ashy with a bigger head and big black glass eyes. So I, yep. I think that was a, a purposeful nod to, to that style of alien in the show. Yeah. All right, now for the uh, key moments here. And, you know, obviously this, this first one paid off within the episode, but I want to go back to last week when I kind of already teased this fact. Last week, if you were listening, which I don't blame you if you weren't, because I wouldn't listen to us for four hours. But I specifically said when Nala Say was in the room with Lama Su and Tan Wee and Lama Su was like, you know, we need to get some more fucking bounty hunters. They purposely panned to Nala Say, and you could tell that she had a look of concern. Yeah. And and again, this week, when he's like, listen, we, we, we got we to gotta get her. We got to get her, and once, once you get the, the good stuff, kill the motherfucker. Yep. Nala Say leaves the room and, again, is sitting there very ominously, and you're like, okay, she is not on board with this plan whatsoever. Yeah, she was... Uh, she was not about killing her, essentially her lab assistant. I mean, Omega and Nala Say had a close relationship, and you could gather that from the very short interaction that we saw between the two of them in the first episode of The Bad Batch. So it's not surprising that while Lama Su is, is literally like, he's like a businessman, he's worried about the bottom line, and that's it. Like, Nala Say is out here trying to save her friend for lack of a better yeah i mean yeah i I, you are right they were lab assistants but i I think it's it's pretty clear that nala has a a little bit more than just a uh uh, you know worker a boss worker relationship going on with omega she she has some level of affection for this character and uh you know clearly like i said we we we've we find out that she ain't fucking around. I mean, she's yeah. she's Team Omega through and through. Okay, uh, we've uh, kind of talked about this a lot, but we you know we we learned that Omega is just like Boba. The only difference is that she was given the the female gene versus the penis gene. Yep. Um, so she's probably overall better if you, if you really <laughs> think about it. And you're right. I, I, I was mistaken here, Tones. Uh, our friend Johnny Osage, check out his account. He has a, a custom, I think it's a 112 scale, grown-up Omega in, in Bad Batch armor. It, it is legit. Uh, nice. You know, maybe, maybe he'll send it to the Star Wars time show. You never know. <laughs> um, but it, but he used like ScarJo's head from a figure and it, it works great. Like if, if they are going to, uh, and, and I do, and this is where we can kind of talk about it, but if Omega does kind of continue on into future Star Wars all the way into the live action universe via Book of Boba, it would be cool to see her donning Bad Batch armor and not Mandalorian armor. Yeah, um, for sure. Like she takes, you know, Hunter's fallen armor or, or one of them and, and crafts it for herself and kind of uh, kind of keeps the the whole Bad Batch mantra going in her adult life. Yeah. But that that's kind of what I want to get into. Now that we know that Omega and, and Boba are directly related, they, they are essentially 99.99% identical outside of their sex. Um, they're, you know, boy, girl type of stuff. 
and and I talked about how you know uh, the good chance Cad Bane and other bounty hunters may be still chasing after Omega. Fennec will probably still be protecting her, and with the knowledge that the Alpha and the Omega are related, there's a good chance our man Fett will be getting uh, mixed up in the Bad Batch. Yes. And, and I think I, I hope that's just done to connect the two characters and to resolve or add more fuel to the CAD in Boba Fett dual fire. Uh, But ultimately, Nick, do you see any of these storylines or or remnants of them? Because by the time they get to book of Boba, then we are talking about, you know, 20 years plus. Yeah. Do you see character storylines bleeding in the book of Boba either through some of his own flashbacks or into the present timeline of the of the book of Boba and slash the Mandalorian? Like, do yeah. we get do we get a grown Omega who who may go by a different name at this point in time? She may change it just like Boba did. Yeah. Do we get a live action Omega at this point in time, knowing what we know about the connections? Yeah, I think that. Book of Boba it almost for sure brings in a live action Omega. I think more than likely it's going to come through in flashback format. Um, it, w- it, it will be interesting to see if they do try to carry this character all the way through to the current timeline when we get to Book of Boba Fett because it's it's so hard to do that given all of the like the timeline that you essentially have to skip. To like for her to to be there and then be a relevant part of the show, um, I think that it's almost a, a done deal that you'll get flashbacks that include Omega, um, and then maybe you even see like if she doesn't survive, if she's not alive in the Book of Boba Fett timeline, then you you could potentially see her death in flashback form, and you know like that is another reason that could be you know play into the reason why. Boba kind of moves away from that bounty hunting lifestyle and and now lives a little bit more nomadically. Like maybe he starts to, you know, like he starts to question his line of work. Like if he, for example, like if he finds Omega, he finds out that Omega is his sister and they do start to develop a, like a familial type of bond and he brings her in and he's like, Hey, you know, like we can be a team now, like we can work together and we can kind of take this bounty hunting thing as a team. And if she gets killed on a job, like that completely just changes his perception of like what his line of work is. Obviously, how about like, you could take it this way, Nick, like completely opposite. You know, Omega to me is not someone that would embrace her father like and her brother's yeah, lifestyle. lifestyle. I understand why Boba did. I mean, he was raised by fucking bounty hunters. He 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 watched Django do some shady shit with the with the separatists. He watched his dad get murdered. I mean, Boba didn't live quite the sanitized life after he yeah. left Camino that that Omega, you know, spent most of her life there living sanitized. And it's just now, I mean, hell, in episode two, she's looking at dirt and questioning what it is and she's about ready to eat it because it's yeah. so new to her. So I, I I would take it this way. I, I could see Omega being put off by her brother's profession and potentially uh, becoming a foil uh, of his someone that tries to yeah. stop him if not tries to talk him into uh, re-evaluating his life and and that's where i could see in, in flashbacks maybe uh, I, i'm still hoping their their bond is established and there is some of a somewhat of a connection made in bad batch but i could see down the line all these years later knowing that boba 
does become a scumbag and, and does sh- shady shit. And that's his, that's his profession. He's very good at it, but he's, he's not a good guy. He's yeah. more of a bad guy than a good guy, I would say. Yeah, uh, but but maybe she ultimately confronts him down the road. Like, listen, brother, this this is not OK. This is not what we should be doing. Uh, and, and maybe we learn that's ultimately what what allows him through his time outside of the Sarlacc to to kind of get his shit together and reevaluate the type of uh, player he wants to be in the galaxy. Yeah. You, you just don't yeah. know with Boba Fett, because by the end of Mandalorian, he took over Jabba's palace with force, which is a haven for for shit bags yeah, yeah. and bounty hunters <laughs> and smugglers and scoundrels. Uh, so it seems like he's getting right back into life. So you just don't know with the guy yet. But I, I, from my perspective, seeing how Omega has been written and how she is being raised by the Bad Batch, I don't necessarily ever see her uh, being okay with Boba Fett's chosen profession. No, yeah. Uh, in I fact, can... like I said, I, I could see her kind of being someone that tries to get him to stop, either through force or through conversation and other heroic acts. I just, I don't know how they, I mean, are those flashbacks within the Book of Boba or is it present timeline? You know, that does yeah. she help him? Does he go after he gets Boba's castle, or I'm sorry, Jabba's palace? Does he start to get back into that life heavy? And now does she show up again and be like, damn it, Boba. I thought we went over this, you dumbass. What are you doing? It will be interesting to see if she's still like, man, it's just, it's always weird when you see these characters like Omega pop up and then make their way all the way through. Like, I feel like it's, it's a little bit more believable when it's, it goes Fennec's way where like she, you meet her in the later timeline and then they, they drop her into the past timeline like when you're introduced to somebody in the past and then you, they pull them through all the way to the present and it seems a little weird especially if there's not already an established character that you can link them to like you did it with Rex like with Rex you were like oh yeah he's here in the Clone Wars era but he was also here and this is him in the movies like it was a little bit easier to make that transition but i think that they 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 will be able to do it um, well, I mean, I wonder, that that they had to kind of like back into. The oh, yeah. They, yeah. Where it this was, they they can they can lay the groundwork for whatever whatever canon they want now with Omega yeah. and Boba. Technically, I mean, they, they, they don't have many constraints. I mean, they resurrected the guy from a a, a horrible fate, supposedly the Sarlacc pit. So uh, at this point, I think Filoni, he's comfortable you know, getting a little cheeky with, with existing canon and, he, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little more malleable to him than yeah, I think one, to some fans. Yeah. Uh, but six I, is in I, here saying that she makes them change the name of the ship. <laughs> yeah. To, to Boba Fett's it. starship. So let, let's go. I was going to save this for the toy segment. I'll, I'll address it now. Is this really this big of a deal? People like, are, is your life ruined over this? I mean, it's just on the front of a Lego box. It's still yeah. the slave one. You can still call it the slave one. No one's going to arrest you. They're just calling it Boba Fett starship on a box to sell. Uh, it's not like when you build the Lego, it's going to have a new etching on it that says Boba Fett starship. You can still call it the slave one. I will still call it the slave one. It'll always be the slave one. The fact that in marketing they want to call it Boba's Fett Starship, that 
it, and I knew it was going to pop up. I mean, it showed up in Discord, it, and it's popped up in in the Star Wars news universe. I'm I'm knee deep in that shit every day. I I, I get it. it. To me, it's 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 a no nothing story. It's like who who cares? I mean, I it's mean, also for cares? you know you know when I'll care, and and this is still probably going to sound Neanderthal. If they change it in universe and Boba Fett no longer calls it the Slave One and he just says that's my starship, then I might be like, eh, come on, like how PC do we have to get? But the fact that they just want to call the toy box Boba Fett, Boba Fett starship, I could give two fucks. It's still I the Slave was, One inside that box. Like from a marketer's standpoint, people don't know what Slave One is. Like people, people outside of Star Wars, like if you're a kid and like you watch you know, the Mandalorian, or if you watch, you know, the, the Bad Batch or whatever, like you don't, like they don't ever say the name Slave One, I believe that much, like if at all, they don't say it to a point of remembrance, like with the, like with the Millennium Falcon, they say it all the time. Like, you know, like the, the, the name of the Falcon is known Whereas Slave One, unless you're like a, like a hardcore they, Star Wars Yeah, they fan, never, you, it's, I don't think it's ever spoken yeah, it's it, never maybe in Clone said. Wars. Maybe in Clone Wars, I can't remember, but I, I I'm almost it's, positive it's, in the it's movies it's sure, never referred to. Yeah, it's for sure never said in any live action film. So like when you're marketing something to like parents or to like children, if you put Slave One on there, they don't they don't know what that is. If you put Boba Fett's ship on there, they're like, oh, this is Boba Fett. I like I love yeah. Boba Fett. So from a pure marketing standpoint, it actually makes more sense to not have it on there. Just out of pure name recognition. Yeah, I know. I mean, but everyone's going to go to, oh, you know, the, the wokeness and all that nonsense. It's just like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, well, it, no, it's I like mean, I said about all this stuff. Does, does it affect your life? I mean, are you losing money? Are you losing sleep over that? And if you are, maybe reevaluate who you are as a person. Yeah. I, I mean, wonder, the, like, the guy, Nick, there's someone that started a fucking petition. On change.org for oh, this. Of course. I mean, change.org gets petitions it's, for fucking everything. Change the name of this pizza the, joint. The entitled nature of humanity, thanks to the internet, is just mind-blowing yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, it's like, like okay, even, it's it's a name on a toy box. It's still the slave one. You can call it the slave one. You're not going to go to jail. Who cares? Yeah. Even now, like in universe, if, if they start, you know, calling it not the slave one in Book of Boba Fett, I'll be like, you know what? That's kind of stupid, yeah. but I'm I'm still not going to get on the internet and create a clickbait video, bitching and moaning with false outrage over something that I really don't give a shit about. You know yeah. why this is a, a big play right now? Because anything that is political or can be politicized gets a lot of fucking views and clicks, and true. we don't partake in that. The only thing we commented on that was political was the Gina thing, because that was a pretty big fucking happening in Star Wars land. Yeah. But but stuff like this, I mean, it, it's 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 just something yeah. again that's over politicized, whether you, you you like it or not. I mean, who cares? It's yeah, still the slave one to me. When I see it, if I get the set, I'll call it the slave one. Big fucking deal if it says yeah. Boba Fett Starship on the box. I the will box. say <laughs> Tone shared a great meme over this that I that I <laughs> that I might share on, on our account. It's um it's from the Phantom Menace, and it's when Padme is talking to Anakin about you know he's like no I'm a slave, and she goes you're a slave in <laughs> next screen. 
It's Anakin's body with the slave one in his head, and he goes, no, I'm Boba Fett's starship. <laughs> She's like, are you a slave? And he goes, no, I'm Boba Fett's starship. So that that was fucking, <laughs> that was all, I, I, I can appreciate that. Someone yeah. making fun of all this, yes, I, I, I can get down with that. But I mean, yeah, like, like Devin's saying here, it is, it's just, it's outrage content. It's just, I know that's why we're never going to be popular. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel bad for those type of content creators and I feel bad for those people that subscribe to that stuff. Like yeah. th- there's probably, I don't know if you get it, Nick, but I, I'd say every week someone asks me about a star Wars story that I'm just like, you, you even considered that that was real. Like just yeah, look but- at the source and, and look at the material. It's cr- like, come on, these people just do this shit so you click, 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 because they know that whether you agree with them or not, you are having an emotional reaction to their content, so yeah. you're going to go fucking check it out. I don't know how many times over the last year, just like people in my neighborhood or, or like have asked me, like, because they know I'm on the show and stuff, and they're like, oh my God, I read somewhere that Kathleen Kennedy's getting fired. I'm like, it's not true. Like... <laughs> Just don't read like I know I know for stuff like this, like for Star Wars stuff, it's hard to like pin down like a like a reliable source outside of us and like Star Wars official and like the standard Hollywood reporter stuff. But like, look at who you're who you're reading from. If you're reading from fucking Mike Zero or you're reading from one of these like weird ass sites that you've never heard of before, it's like it's really hard to put any sort of like you know if it's if it is a controversial that. topic <laughs> yeah. like clickbait topic and we all know what clickbait topics are at this point in time it's probably not real it's just a way to get humans who are now trained to click like comment outrage over nonsense i mean that, that's yeah. our that's our whole society I, I i don't i know it's 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 ridiculous over here in the states i don't know how bad it is in other parts of the world but over here we are our culture now only wants to be outraged over shit that really doesn't mean dick yeah doesn't mean anything to humanity yeah apparently so black series clips in here says that even the like the bad batch's ship which is called the havoc marauder yeah which i didn't even know i didn't even know it had a fucking name so that point made thank you yeah he says on the box for that it just says bad batch attack shuttle like on the lego box so it's not even like it's right. just consistent across all of it. It's 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 literally like, hey, mom is walking through the toy aisle. She knows that 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 kid Nick likes st- uh, Star Wars stuff. Uh, oh look, there's Boba Fett ship. Boom, there you go. Yeah, like so it's just easier to buy. There, there's there's our our talk on that. And like again, I mean, if you guys are outraged at it, good for you. I just I do not have that emotional capacity to get upset about this type of stuff. I mean, the, 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 the shit I get upset about is the, the fact that we're one of the richest countries in the world and we can't kick this thing's fucking ass. We, yeah. we, we, we throw away vaccine where other countries, people drive four or five hours and probably pay an arm and a leg to get it. That's stuff that should get you upset. Not that they're going to change the name of Boba Fett's ship on marketing materials to Boba's starship. Like yeah. I said... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of political correctness myself. I mean, I, there's a lot of times in my head when I'm doing this dumb show, my governor is going, oh, whoa, whoa, pull that back, pal. 
You never know who that might offend, even though it's probably not that bad, but you just don't know. So I'm not a, a huge fan of some of the PC movement either. Uh, but other parts of the PC movement that are being done so people that aren't like me, a white man, can feel better about who they are, good. What the fuck do I care? It's like I said last week. I mean, hey, you like rainbows, great. I love it. As long as you're not fucking with me or breaking the law, do whatever you want. Okay? Isn't that true freedom? All you freedom-loving patriots I hear about all the time? <laughs> you cancel culture motherfuckers? All right, let's get back to some fun stuff. I'm glad we got that one out of the way. So, All right. I'm sure we'll, we probably just lost another half of the audience because yeah. we'll be How accused of being... Watching? We'll be accused of being the woke police or whatever the fuck that means these days. But let's be real, people. I mean, there, there's a lot more stuff to get uh, up in arms about, like the fact that Hasbro sucks at releasing exclusive figures and it's a pain in the ass to get them and they, half the figures they release aren't even figures we want. Now, that's stuff to get outraged about, okay? All right. Back to the breakdown. So uh, the, the, the last key moment here, and, and we've touched on this a bit, and, and I love how it played out. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for Tan Wee, who, you know, was a character that was carried over from Attack of the Clones. Right. It was even the same uh, vocal performer uh, came back to perform Tan Wee in, in Bad Batch. Um, so we get some, I mean, it's a key Star Wars lore moment. We have a movie character that gets killed in, in an animated franchise. But ultimately, what we learned here is that Nala Say hired Fennec Shan to essentially become Omega's bounty hunter protector. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and you could look at it as she, she sort of became a paid Din Djarin, right? Din, Din took on Grogu as his ward willingly after he realized he was a scumbag. Fennec uh, took on Omega as her ward with some cash. Yeah, um, but it, it was a big moment. We, we had an Attack of the Clones character killed. You know, you could argue that Tan Wee was to Boba Fett as Nala Say is to Omega, right? Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Um, but it just you know it it adds a new layer to the character of Fennec Shand. Uh, at this point, we now know that she is more than capable at fighting super clones. She's more than capable at going toe to toe with one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy, and Cad Bane. And we know she became an Imperial assassin, so who knows what happens next. But we can also say that she has a confirmed Star Wars character kill in Ton Wee. Yes. All right? So, good stuff from the Bad Batch. Uh, last week we were talking, we, we learned the title names. And I believe, Nick, I don't know if you can pull that post up real quick while I'm vamping. But I believe episode 10 had something to do with making a, a, a pact with somebody, right? Were yeah. You able to find so. that somewhat quickly? Right here. The next right. title is, uh, let's see, Common Ground is July 2nd. So that's going to be right. the next title. So this, this episode coming up on Friday, Common Ground. So let's kind of kick the tires on that. Common Ground. Who would share Common Ground with the Batch and Omega? Is this the Boba Fett episode? Could right? be. Could they, be. they all hate Cad Bane, technically. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. We, we now know the, 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 the Boba-Omega connection. Or is this where, you know, Fennec maybe fully teams up with the Bad Batch to... Uh, help them protect Omega on another attempt by 
could be Cad Bane. Hell, it could be Boba Fett. I mean, it's not like Boba Fett's going to know he has a sister. So, I mean, he's a bounty hunter. He works with bounty hunters that probably got the call from Lama Sue. Yeah. So, what if common ground is Fennec and the Bad Batch teaming up with Omega to fend off more bounty hunter attempts? Or it could be Boba coming in and kind of figuring shit out and and pledging his support to Omega. That That's kind of where I'm going just based on the title. What say Actually, you? I think that the most interesting way to pull in Boba here is that we, we know that Lama Sue is now all in on just hiring bounty hunters to get this job done. So if you really want to fuck with things, if you really want to fuck with uh with omega you you hire boba fett and like you have boba fett go after her and i think like that is probably that to me that would be the coolest way to bring him in not have him like somehow find out about it uh, You're kind of running with my common ground may be the fact that you know fennec i believe is uh, oh my god i almost threw up Fennec, I believe, is still on the payroll, right? Like, it, it's yeah. kind of an open contract to keep an eye on Omega. Yeah. Because uh, she's like, do, do you want me to track these bozos? And Nala's like, hey, as long as she's not in anyone else's hands, outside of you and the Bad Batch, I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you, too. You know, let, let's say Boba is the next one to make an attempt. The common ground to me is this is where Fennec again kind of comes in and like, hey, assholes, I, you know, we, we might not like each other right now because I tried to kill you a few episodes back <laughs> and you think I'm trying to steal her, but I'm actually just being paid to protect her. And hell, they don't even care if she stays with you guys, uh, but if you guys can't protect her from the, the from Fett, I'm here to help. There's our common ground. Yeah, no, it's um, very possible. Or through the ordeal by the end is our common ground once Boba Fett learns the truth. I think those yeah. are the two possibilities, right? To, to fit yeah. the common ground. Because let's be real. The titles really do pay off on the content. They are typically one or two word summaries of the episode. And they're spot on. Yeah, I mean, so, bounty loss, pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, they, they really bounty. are. Yeah, they they really are very, very succinct summaries of the episode's plot. So to me, I think I think we've we've kind of theory crafted it between the two of us. Yeah. Uh, But I think there's two ultimate ways the common ground would would make sense. The the first is, like we said, Boba is the next up. But Fennec shares common ground with the batch to keep Omega safe. Yeah. And I mean, the next one, the next one is the one I said where. Where, where Boba, you know, does this thing and, and maybe almost gets her, but through this, that, and the other thing, maybe even still Fennec, he learns of Omega's uh, lineage, and there's their common ground. Yeah. But like Nick said, episode 11, we get into Devil's Deal, so that's like, that that to me means that whatever deal they might have made or they're going to make is is they're making it with a shithead. That, and that's like the weird thing is like it could it could apply to this situation where like the batch knows that as long as I mean kind of like you could liken it to the to the Mando where like the batch knows that if if Omega is with them, then she, her life is constantly in danger because they're always they're going to be hunted by the Empire until they're all well, no, dead. they're they're actually I think it's opposite, Nick. The only reason they're really being chased down 
at least by the bounty hunters, is because of Omega. Yeah, well, I guess well, you're right. I mean, the crosshair the bounty hunters. Yeah, Crosshair technically, I guess, is more concerned with the Batch. So it is, you're all right, it is kind of a yeah. two-pronged effort on the Bad yeah. Batch. But they, they both kind of fuck each other. Like Omega's bringing in all the nut jobs where the Bad Batch is bringing in the Empire. Yeah, so they're like, uh, so from the, from the Batch's perspective, if you could say we're right, Boba Fett shows up in Common Ground, he's the one that's hunting her, whatever, and, he, and they flip him instead of like, you know, just fighting him off they flip him and then she and then he takes omega like they make a deal okay. like this is We're, your kith and yes. ken this is your blood you take her like and they it, that is a devil's deal right think, there because you're think literally giving sort of the, her here's my take it's it, it it's somewhat on the same wavelength but it's not quite that hard of a cut I could see it being by the end of Common Ground, and maybe this is why it is, they all figure everything out. Like like Boba Fett learns the truth. Maybe Fennec's there to give him a little info. And I could see at this point Hunter going like, listen, we know it's the Kaminoans sending all these people after Omega. Let's, under the guise of Boba Fett capturing her, let's let Boba Fett take her, bring her to Kamino, and have him take out Lama Sue and whatnot and the other thing. Or maybe not take her, but you know, Boba Fett's like, hey, Lama, I got her. I'm coming back. He gets back there and fucking wipes out the Kaminoans. Yeah. There's, there's the devil's deal to get them off of Omega's back. Because at this point in time, the Empire could give two fucks about Omega. Like, yeah, they, no. they, they could give a shit. It's only Lama Sue trying to save his business that cares about her. Yeah. Uh, truly at this point, because Tan Wee's dead, uh, Nala Say clearly doesn't share his agenda. Um, so it, it could be not so much that the Bad Batch completely separates, hey, Boba, you deal with her now, but hey, let's use Boba. Let's say he got her, he goes back to Kamino, and there, that's when he kind of springs his little surprise on Lama and, and caps his ass and yeah. kind of removes removes that angle of of attack uh, but also, that would probably escalate the Empire's <laughs> the search for uh, the Bad Batch and Omega. Yeah. So, who knows? And I think you that, know. like, my feeling is that this, the first season of Bad Batch is going to mirror kind of the second season of, of Mando, where once we get towards the end or to the end, there's going to be a separation of these characters. Like, like Omega is going to separate from the Bad Batch, like, in a more permanent fashion. Um, whether it be through, you know, like them handing her off to somebody else or, 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 or like her choosing to leave or something like that. I feel like there has to be like a, a, a like a separation period of those two. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of went that route with Mando, right? I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're going to go into season three. Grogu's still going to be separated. I, I really think to the writers, the show is about the, cl the clones. It's about Bad Batch and Omega. So I don't see them quite yet separating them for any amount of time. Because uh, if so, then it's a one season run. Because, you know, what do you do after that point? You start up a next season. Like, what are these? Like, what motivation do these schmoes have to do anything outside of maybe go find Captain Rex? I think uh, they, they have a lot, though. Like, there's like their motivations were but to where changed. we would to where we would care about i mean really we care about the bad batch now because of uh, omega and and what we've learned but we, we don't necessarily care about them 
Uh, yeah, but not I think so much like we care about of, a Rex or an Echo and all those people. There's there's a lot of like things that these that these characters can get into in this particular time in the galaxy. I mean, I know right now the the whole I agree. show is I agree, on, but I. I don't think we go to a bad batch where you just get an episode of the clones or you get an episode of Omega doing stuff. I, I just, I think they're going to be, they're kind of the same package to me. I don't know. I um, mean, we'll see. I would, I would like to see them separate from her and then play it differently like that, because then it gives you time to see character development happen for Omega outside of like, Hey, your life is constantly in danger because you're with these people. And it's like, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to play off of. That's Star Wars though. Would you watch a Star Wars property where there was no, there was no danger. She was just like learning and training and having a good time. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that that would be really, I think that would be really interesting. And that's why I enjoyed like the, like the Jedi Academy stuff like that. And like watching like, younglings learn and in old canon and stuff like that i thought that was super interesting but also you know maybe that's not for everybody like i think that character development doesn't need to happen in a in a situation to where like she's she's just constantly I, i'm not i'm not it, saying character development i'm just saying story in general i don't think you'd ever get a star wars property where it's just all a character grows like there's there's no impetus there there's no macguffin to get things started there's no danger you know what i mean like that there, there's always got to be something that the character is is uh you know trying to fend off fit into protect it's not just going to be hey omega learned how to shoot her wrist gauntlet today yeah but i mean if she's, if she's with somebody else then you're then she's learning and obviously she's going about her life, which is still like, which in the Star Wars universe is constantly filled with danger, regardless of what you're doing. It seems like even if you're a fucking shopkeeper, it doesn't matter. Like somebody's trying to kill you or there's violence happening around you. Like there's always something like that happening. But it's I don't know. I just I, well, I, I, I like mean, the characters it, of the Bad Batch and I would like to see them like not tied down to the kid. Well, that's, that's just a fair me. point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're a fucking idiot. I mean, I'd tell you if you're an idiot, but I, I, I just, I personally don't see them separating quite yet like Din and Grogu did. I mean, it, I mean that's a, something to think about, too. I mean, because essentially the, the whole Din and Grogu thing is, is, is being mirrored with Bad Batch and Omega, and they did make a conscious choice to essentially break that storyline. Right. Like, yeah, that's over when Mando S3 comes around. I'll be very interesting to see if they do anything with Grogu in the immediate future or if they just truly let him ride off into the sunset with Luke. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's going to help good. them. I think it'll help them yeah. all this time off. The, the, the two years off is definitely going to help them move past Grogu if they want to. Because uh, by that time, we'll have Book of Boba. We'll probably have Kenobi and or we're not going to yeah. be so hard up on the. Oh, what about oh, Grogu was such a main part of the man, though? What are they going to do? I mean, we probably won't give two shits. We'll, we'll, we'll think about him. But the, the, the Grogu craze will be fairly dead. Yeah. At, I mean, at that even point in time. Season two of Mando, though, like he kind of just became like a like a background character. Like, he right. did I mean, they, shit. And that was while the, the while the big picture we can compare the two, Omega is very different than Grogu. I mean, yeah, she I mean can she's speak, a more active she can interact. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, she's, she's not a, a baby, right? She's not just concerned about eating macaroons and, and vomiting in spaceships. Yeah. And Din Dejarin's starship, thank you. Yeah. What was it How called? Razorcrest. Razor Crest. No, everything is their name that, and that starship. That thing doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> it's literally in pieces. It's like Han Solo s- spaceship or starship, yeah. right? They got to be starships. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Cruiser. Whatever you want to call it. Let's, but, let's get out of Bad Batch land. That was a that was a deep dive. I like it though. I mean, that just goes to show you that Bad Batch is doing what we want it to do. It, it it's causing a lot of fun speculation, a lot of back and forth, some predictions here or there. So here we go. Yeah, yeah no, one six. I'm with you too. And I was saying this last year because Nick was like, "Yeah, fuck Grogu. Who cares if he ever comes back?" I mean. They made Grogu too much of a Star Wars god to just have him ride off in the sunset. Like, I do think he will be addressed at some point again, but I do not think Grogu is going to be a main focus early on in Mando S3. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, Nick, I, I just actually just threw this one up today, and it could be a no-nothing, but we know... Hayden Christensen is returning to Star Wars in the Kenobi series. That that is a fact that's confirmed. What we don't know, and you know, me and this guy, we've we've speculated on it. What we don't know is, is he gonna play Vader? Is he gonna play flashback Anakin, or is he gonna p- play both? Yeah. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd say for sure he's probably gonna don the costume. I mean, he's done it before. I think they gave him some stilts, so he was the exact size. Uh, and, and why not? I mean, e- even if I was a badass actor, I would still want to be in that armor, even though no one could see my face. Yeah. And I think he said as much back on Revenge of the Sith when George was like, do you really want to put all this shit on and, and sit on set in this thing? He's like, fuck yeah, I do. I'm going to be Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. So, so like I said, we, 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 we don't know. I mean, I think a lot of us were pretty fucking confident that we're also going to see flashback Anakin. Yeah. Um, so maybe this image will do something for you today, but you know, some creeps out there, some of the paparazzis, so weird, dude. um, snap the shot of, of Hayden. I'm going to have to click on it cause it's only for some reason, Reddit doesn't render full images anymore, but uh, let me make a point first and foremost. And, and if you are a paparazzi, I get, you got to do what you got to do to make money, but it's just scummy. Like, yeah, you can see he's got his poor little kid, probably, I think a little girl with him. He probably just went to pick up some fucking shoes and you got people snapping at him, but I'm a scumbag for, for sharing it. But either way, the important thing here is if you look at Hayden, he's clearly hit the gym. Okay. I mean, he's got some chest going on. There's some abs coming out there. And if you look under his hat, especially in the second picture, his hair is definitely growing. So this has led people to say, well, shit, if he's bulking up and growing his hair, this is guaranteed that we're going to get Clone Wars General Skywalker. And and I'm inclined <laughs> to believe it. I think we're going to get it anyway, even without this creepy shot of, of Mr. Christensen, right? I mean, yeah. I don't, you don't bring back Hayden just to stick him in a Vader costume. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've always said that. Yeah. But to me, I think this is a, a great sign that yes, we're also going to see Hayden in his Anakin Skywalker garb again, uh, preferably, you know, late, late stage Clone Wars. And, and, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I may have even seen it in Reddit, so I don't want to fully steal the idea, but what if, and Nick, you may have already said this, or you, you at least did for Book of Boba. 
But what if every episode of Kenobi either starts or has a flashback with Obi-Wan reflecting on his good times with Anakin? Yeah. So I we mean, get we get every episode like a like a, a positive memory that that in the present would would just be a great juxtaposition with how shitty their relationship has become like like Kenobi just every episode either hears something about Vader senses something about Vader or his former Padawan and he reflects on that real quick and we get like a 20 30 second scene with the generals no, How I great think that would, would that be, be a fantastic way to handle it. Just, just being, think about just it, being bros. Like I, I think all these flashbacks, it's going to be you know he was a cunning warrior, my friend. It's going to be that stuff. Like like what yeah. we saw in the Clone Wars, Anakin razzing him all the time, and and Obi Wan like, oh Anakin, you're so crazy. Like true bro type of moment, true hero type of bro moments. And then we go back to the present time and you see poor Kenobi, you know, in his hovel, living in the desert, looking like shit, feeling like shit because he failed. And I, I yeah. think that'd be a great way to deliver this story. If any series needs flashbacks, it's this one. Because Fuck if we're yeah, functioning under the idea that Kenobi never leaves Tatooine, which I, I think am for we sure. are. I like, am. The, what the fuck else is he gonna do? Like, what is it, is every episode gonna be him going to fucking Mos Eisley Cantina, having a drink and sitting down and just bullshitting? Like, something has to happen to him, or something has to happen with him and his character to make this show interesting. And I mean, just to comment on the pictures real quick, like these pictures, like the hair obviously is is a little bit of something because it's longer and stuff like that. But also, just if we think about like. Has Hayden Christensen been in the cultural spotlight within the last five years? No. Nobody knew what he looked like before this. I mean, to me, because we don't have like a pat, like a comparison picture to where we're looking at him like, oh, look at him fucking a year ago and he's like fat and overweight and he's got short hair and then look at him now and he's like slimmed down, toned up a little bit and his hair's longer. Like you have no reason to yeah, say I, that. Like I'd he say looks the, like this. The most recent we would have gotten him would have been Celebration 2019, and yeah, I believe so he he was slimmer and definitely shorter hair. But that's th- two years ago at this point. Yeah, that's it's two two almost two and a half years ago. So like this could just like I mean, granted, yes, we know he's going to be in the show, and like he's likely like in shape because he's in the show. But you also figure like he is a young adult like i mean he's like a 30 something year old man and you and i go to the gym and we're not in fucking movies like you know i don't know See, don't i don't li- think he's that young i think he's closer to me than you yeah no he or is am i wrong i don't i mean like he's definitely hey, either more- way like these people say on reddit what a mannequin or even better living up to the swole walker legacy it's like he doesn't like but to, to me like he doesn't look that big though but i don't know like he's 40 so he's born in 81 um no i mean he's so he turned, he's, he's definitely got a little little chest bulge going there and i think you can see some abs popping out i mean he's yeah. he could very easily don the the anakin um the uh, or trevor's saying there have been picks where he was pretty thin looking yeah uh, but but he he definitely i mean he would look like an even better version of clone wars anakin at this point in time because i actually went back and looked at some of his rot shots and he still was pretty baby faced and i wouldn't say even as swole as he is here 
Uh, so yeah, maybe he is coming back as the general, and he's going to have the, the the pauldrons on the top and the maroon pants and oh, all yeah. that I jazz. Mean, like, that's a yeah, that's a foregone conclusion that we're going to see like actual Anakin. I just, I mean, you know, he's he's a sexy looking guy. I mean, it, it no, really yeah, like very attractive. Just think about that. Here's a good looking man in Hollywood who had a Golden Globe nom before Star Wars, and then his career evaporated. Yeah, I mean, literally think about disappeared that. into thin air. Good looking. I mean, was a proven actor, did two Star Wars movies in outside of Jumper, hasn't done a major theatrical release since. Yeah. What I mean, a shame. What a fucking shame. No, I mean, so uh, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Do you lot. think he like, has George Lucas's face on a dartboard at home? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he probably like my question was going to be do you think that he's watched any of the Clone Wars? And do you think he watches the Clone Wars and in, 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 like in in anger and being like, why the fuck? Did I would, I yeah. Play I mean, <laughs> secretly, I would love to envision Hayden sitting in his house in his underwear, crying and yelling at the Clone Wars episodes, like, why, why, George, why couldn't you give me this script? Why couldn't you give me these plot lines? Damn you, Lucas! And then he eats yeah. some ice cream. Yeah, totally, dude. It's like I would. It's. After after seeing what you know the the scripts and the performance came out for and and Rots and AOTC and then seeing literally Hayden like I mean Anakin's awesome arc in Clone Wars you have to be like fuck man what what the fuck did I do wrong did you hate me like <laughs> I would be really upset and I think he is, that he's the only of- main he is the only main to have their career just dirt napped. Yeah, literally just evaporated. He got one shot after. And, you know, some people laugh at Looper. Looper, it wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible. uh, Jumper, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jumper. Looper is everyone's favorite director's movie. Sorry. Watch out. Here come the tomatoes. He mentioned something. Ryan Johnson, die. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was fun. And, you know, is is it like a fucking, you know, eight and a half out of ten fucking no you know award movie no it's good enough fun little sci-fi yeah you you got some sammy J's in it right he's a bad guy you got that that one dude's in it it. to reunite those two right uh he was working with his girlfriend at the time rachel bilson i think it was it was based off a novel i think isn't that his baby's mama like didn't i I believe they don't know if they're still together i don't know if they're still together but i i I I think that might be oh well i'm just pulling shit out of my ass at this point in time yeah, I think they're. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I, I want Hayden to have a legit redemption experience with Kenobi. So um, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. This this paparazzi shot or not, we're going to be say, seeing Hayden outside of the armor. Yeah. And, and I just, and I just I, hope he really gets that himself. Like he feels like finally, finally, I'm able to honor this character in a light that people are going to remember and not want to vomit. Dude, I, I what I want to see too is like, I hope they have some original stuff if they have flashbacks, like stuff that yes, we haven't no, seen Yes, no, all original, Nick. I don't but, want to see any any canned conversations from, from Revenge of the Sith. Like it all has no, to be No, I want to see, but I want to see at least one scene that they remake in live action from Clone Wars. Like I okay. think that, yeah, all that right. would be cool. 
Well, I mean, a great one would be season seven on, on that bridge where, you know, Kenobi's pinned down and he's like, oh shit, what should we do? Like, <laughs> that fucking, was the exact scene yeah, that I was thinking Anakin about just too. runs in like, hey, pussy, I'll take care of it for you. And he's like, wing, wing, wing. He just stands there like Luke did against the First Order. He's like, hey, droids, eat my dick. And then yeah. he kills everybody. So. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I <laughs> And the whole time, that- Obi-Wan's like, oh, Anakin, there he goes, that crazy guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that like a mix of original content that we've never seen and then yeah, like, maybe I, I'm, I'm down with that. a couple of really good Clone Wars I'm scenes. I'm down with that. Awesome. But yeah, all the scenes have to be positive bro love between the two because like yeah. I said, I think they could really use those moments to then juxtapose to Ko- Kenobi's present where he's probably the in the most depressed state a Force user could ever be in. Yeah. He personally feels like he failed the galaxy. His pupil became Darth Vader. All right. I would assume he knows this fact at this point in time, 10 years after the duel. Yeah. Um, so he, he's probably feeling pretty bad about himself. So much so, he develops PTSD a few years down the road and can't even relate the true story of Anakin Skywalker to his own fucking son. Okay. Because I just, I just busted out New Hope this weekend on the big screen. I was feeling like, you know what? It's been a while since I've watched some Star Wars on the big screen. And, and as much as I love the hovel scene, because that's really the only backstory you ever get in Star Wars about Luke's dad. It's really it. Yeah. It's, it's the whole time Kenobi's just fucking, he's just making shit up. <laughs> he's just fucking making shit up. Like he was so fucked up that he couldn't even tell Anakin's own son the truth at that point yeah. in time. So Imagine how uh, hard that was. Like, yeah, I was his master and uh, now he is the scourge of the galaxy. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So he oh, fucked man. up. And Dave Filoni told us as much. He's like, no, you know, Kenobi, Qui-Gon dying and Kenobi taking over a brother figure is ultimately what fucked everything up. So blame yeah. Qui-Gon and Darth, well, blame Maul for killing Qui-Gon, yeah. but also put a lot of blame on Kenobi for treating him like a brother instead of a son, which, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> I'm excited, man. I, I, we love the Mando. We're going to love Book of Boba Fett. But when we're talking core Star Wars, Kenobi's Skywalkers, to me, that's life. And I, I just think Chow and team, Hayden, Ewan and his new little baby. Look at Ewan spitting out kids close to his 50s or he may be in his 50s. Good for him. He has some very strong sperm. But I think Kenobi could be life-changing. It's going to be like going to church. To me, yeah. it's it's almost going to be... It, 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 I'm hoping it's going to be like the Luke Skywalker arrival on a weekly basis where yeah. I'm sitting there in a pool of my own man tears <laughs> over a science fiction program. Okay? That's what I want. No, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's got more potential than anything. Like, the only thing that was close to it was the Solo movie, but the thing that really separates those two is you have the original actor back like you have right. you know yeah, you totally. couldn't make a solo prequel movie with harrison ford it just wasn't going to happen it's too too old well i mean it, technically no you can't make a kenobi movie either because in eight years kenobi you know he goes from a a strapping you know middle-aged man to someone that looks like they've smoked meth every day for the past eight years right <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean you still uh, have there there is a bit of suspension of disbelief that needs to happen in terms of that timeline but like 
you can like the fact that it's the same actor just brings it to a different level like it's just a, yeah. it's a different type of experience than what you got with Solo. yeah they, so. they lucked out with kenobi because they're like hey we're going back in the prequels you know obviously we can't use sir alec he was he was i think deceased by that time anyways yeah. uh so th- so they were able to reboot kenobi as you and mcgregor where that, that's much harder to do with with han solo and harrison still being around although they're trying to kill ford i mean again he's been hurt on set on doing five. stunts like i i asked stunt buddy i was like okay so who do you blame here the producers or the stunt team and he's like listen man he's just old as fuck he was probably throwing a a simple punch and threw his fucking shoulder out it's like yeah. he's he's 81 or whatever like you know he shouldn't be doing that shit he's like on star wars they killed him too and he's right so yeah no dude i mean harrison ford is 78 like you don't need to be doing anything like why are you i mean and that's the thing is like you if you watch indy 4 like they they let him do stuff like it's, it's crazy. when it was like relatively like low movement fights it was actually him you know doing what it, it is nick uh, here's my guess i think it's because you know harrison's on record saying he loves indiana jones yeah he's on record saying more or less he fucking hates han solo yeah <laughs> I honestly think that the people are like, Harrison, you don't have to do this shit, man. We could throw a double in. He's like, fuck you. I'm, like, Indiana, I'm Jones. Indiana Jones. I am <laughs> Indiana Jones. So I'm, I'm shooting these close up fight scenes so you can see me throwing the punch. Hell, he was probably just doing like shadow punches. He's like, ah, and just fucking ripped the thing out of the socket because he's almost dead. It's weird right? to me, though, that like if that was the case, that this motherfucker could like throw a punch and throw a shoulder out. But when he crashes airplanes every year, he's totally fine. <laughs> it, it, that like, is funny. That is funny. Yeah. He, he like, can crash flying machines and walk away. Yeah. Sometimes like saving other people yet on a movie set, both times he's returned to uh, play a famous character of his. He's almost been killed. Yeah. This dude nose <laughs> so. dives onto golf courses uh. and just gets up and walks away. <laughs> but he can't throw a punch on a set. Did you ever hear, he he had another good clip where he was at like a major airport and just wasn't listening to air traffic control. Like he cut (laughs) right across a runway that like a 737 was coming down. He's like, oh my God, my bad, my bad. I didn't didn't know I wasn't supposed to go yet. You're like, he's 420 friendly. I mean, Harrison Ford is 420 friendly. No, he's stoned on those planes. So when he crashes, (laughs) his body's just like, it's Zen super zone. loose yeah it's <laughs> yeah like he's in Zen zone so like he hits yeah. the ground and it's like nothing even happens he just yeah, he's in like he's like whoa what the fuck he's in like what a the- permanent group tree ball of protection because you're right like he's so high that his body's so relaxed that it can't tense up and break itself yeah. <laughs> yeah whereas like he's like he's on set and he's throwing these punches and he's got like adrenaline going and like he throws and then boom he's just like oh my shoulder i fucked it up uh, I just get him high. When I read just that. like whenever was, he's filming like a fight shit. scene, just fucking give him an edible, let him get high, and then it'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, he's good. Just just let the old guy just give him his hat and his shirt that he can't even button up. Like I love that he still is not buttoning up the indie shirt fully. Like he's letting his old. I mean Harrison now. And I love the guy. I feel bad kind of making fun of him, but he's got like 
like gorilla tits now, right? Like he looks like a like he's got like a silverback hair. They're they're that hairy and kind of saggy, just like hanging out of his soiled indie shirt that's half tucked in. He's got like an old man belly hanging out. God bless him. I mean, it's the same thing with Vin Diesel and Dom. Harrison, keep going, bro. Keep the only taking those that checks. Harrison's twenty five years older than Vin Diesel. Hey, I'll like, tell you what, man. If someone you can let it go. When you're if 50, someone waved millions of dollars at me and said, "Hey, you want to play this character? You definitely shouldn't play anymore." I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I do. Let's yeah, go." Exactly. It's like, yeah, Indy in a wheelchair. I don't give a shit. Indy on crutches. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Devin. Well, apparently, says, according so, to Devin, yeah, uh, Harrison Devin crashed right next to his says house. That the golf course that he crashed onto is right like a few feet away from his house. <laughs> I love it. I love That's it, so, dude. I would have ran famous. outside Devin and been like, "Dude, are you okay?" All right, yeah. good. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> hey, Harrison, get your shit together, pal. The airport's that way. Yeah, it's like you right. landed on the wrong strip. You landed on the fairway, <laughs> so, not the not the fucking. Well, son, yeah, it looks straight, straight to me. Oh man, I love. All right, it. I so love fucking Harrison. All right, Hayden, so, Hayden, looking good, pal. Can't wait yeah. to see what you do in Kenobi because I I really do think it could be something extremely special in the Star Wars universe. Definitely. Uh, okay this, this next piece here is just a quick little update on the next film that will be coming out for star wars and that is star wars rogue squadron um they've signed i assume is going to be the the first of many screenwriters on this um so they signed matthew robinson as the as the screenwriter for rogue rogue squadron and if you are sitting here and you're like, Matthew Robinson, Matthew Robinson, do I know him? You probably don't. Um, Matthew Robinson has a very thin uh, resume uh, on his IMDb page. That meaning that the only thing that you probably know that he's written is The Invention of Lying, which was a movie that came out in 2009 with Ricky Gervais, um, where the plot was everybody in the world like this is some sort of alternate universe where everybody in the world just by default told the truth and ricky gervais uh his character essentially was the first person to ever lie um so like anything that like anything that he said people believed and like he i think in the movie like he eventually invented religion by doing that because like somebody asked him like somebody was dying and somebody asked him like, what happens after you die? And he says, oh, you go up to this great place where everybody's happy all the time. And then boom, he invented religion. So that was the <laughs> only thing that, that you would ever know that this kid has done. Um, kid, I say he was born in 1978. Um, but the uh, he's so he's going to be the screenwriter for Rogue Squadron as of right now. Um, and then other stuff that he's working on currently, he's writing the. Little Shop of Horrors screenplay, so the Little Shop of Horrors reboot, and he's also writing the screenplay for the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which was the Tom Cruise movie. With is that Emily. okay? Because Emily Blunt was just on Stern, yeah, and and she's like, listen, you know, Tom, everyone involved, we we totally want to do this movie, but in in this new landscape that is Hollywood post pandemic, and you don't know if you can actually make you know, 200, $250 million uh, budget movies these days. She's like, I just, I don't think we could ever do a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. 
I think that I so, would love it. I mean, I, I that's one of my f- most favorite original IPs. I mean, as goofy as yeah, Tom man. is with the Scientology, I think he's a fucking pimp. I mean, yeah. Tom Cruise sells tickets, period. I don't care what anyone says. I go to any fucking Mission Impossible. And, yeah. you know, I love this movie, but she she says, like, listen, we, we've talked about it, but she's like, I just don't know if studios will be willing to fork out that type of money anymore for movies like that. Yeah, so, I mean, again, from what I've heard, they've kicked around the idea of doing a a sequel to this for a while like even after like after the the original one got because it it, like edge of tomorrow one had a relatively low box office domestically but it did incredibly well uh internationally and then like it's like home release and stuff like that was huge too so it really did follow up really well but yeah i mean that was the problem the also the other problem is the director is doug lyman and if you know anything about his history and filmmaking, like one people really hate to work with him. And two, (laughs) he, he, apparently his, his sets are super chaotic. Like there will be like, he will be doing rewrites for the shit that you're reading as you're doing it. And like, yeah, it it kind of sounds like uh, Lord Miller and why they got, removed from solo because they'd be like all right take 50 do it this way and and everyone's yeah. like yo we we're supposed to film the the mud pit scene in a day and it's two weeks later and we're still yeah you know trying different like takes that. on the same scene like he does good movies like he made mr and mrs smith he made the firstborn movie but the problem is just to is be like clear, he, Nick is not talking about the guy that we're talking about that's tied to Rogue Squadron. No, this we're, is we're the, on a completely the different tangent right now. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a director. Like this dude makes good movies, but like he never gets given the sequel. Got so you. like he okay. didn't make any of the sequels to it. But yeah, Matthew Robinson is the guy who's writing Rogue Squadron. So it's it's really hard to give you any sort of information about what the style of this movie may be because he he doesn't have any. Like uh, you know what? I, completed work. I'll look at it this way. I mean, it, it, this is good and bad. Yeah. Good because we don't have a lot of things from Matthew Robinson to kind of start forming in our head what he may be able to produce. Bad because we don't have a lot of things from Matthew Robinson. So yeah. we don't, he doesn't really have a track record of, of hits or misses. Yeah. The, the, um, so there's potential that this, this could be his this could be his breakout. But, you know, Nick's telling me he's born in 78. So he's about my age. He's probably been working in Hollywood for 10, 15, maybe 20 years at this point. And he's just now. I mean, I, I know we're kind of making it seem little. I mean, he is getting to screenwrite a fucking Star Wars movie. That That's a pretty big ask. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is curious that he doesn't have a lot of of credits. So, yeah. Uh, but, but hey, I'll tell you like, right now, this is how Hollywood works. I mean, if he's in with Patty from another project or some or a producer of this movie, that's that's how this stuff happens. You guys listen to Vincent Jenkins on this show. It's once you get on a set and you're not a fuck off, the people you meet, if they like you, you will be pulled through their career enhancing your own career along the way i mean it happens in stunts like there's a stunt mafia where if one guy gets on a project they'll bring in other guys and girls it's the same way with directors you know ryan johnson always uses the same production team jj abrams always uses the same production team uh so it it, making movies a lot of times it starts to become 
who you know and who you want to work with. Yeah. And I mean, I actually liken Matthew Robinson's career to Ryan Johnson's. Because if you look at like... Oh, no. Now, now you're really going to get people to run well, away from Rogue Squadron. Because if you look at like what Ryan did pre-TLJ, like... His big thing was Looper, which was 2012. Brick Brick was his first movie, and then he got Looper. Yeah. And then that was it. Like, that was all he had done. I mean, he did three episodes of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And then that was really, like, you go look at it, it's all, like, shorts that he probably did when he was in film school and stuff like that. So, like, this guy, literally, he did two movies, Brick, which was, like, you know, an indie flick, and then Looper, which was a relatively successful sci-fi movie. And then after that, he made he made Star Wars like and, you know, obviously and after that, he made himself his own little billion dollar franchise, which I I think they just started filming Knives Out Out 2 this week. So they did. Yeah. Like Knives Out is really like his next fucking huge thing. So, I mean, take that as you may. But like, it seems like the new like they're not afraid to take a risk on I don't want to say unproven, but people who haven't like uh you know don't have a resume that's super long and and i'm okay with that like i said sometimes that's a great dice roll but other times you know you are kind of uh walking on thin ice when you when you give something this big to someone that is as unproven as this matthew robinson yeah who knows i mean i i I still have i'm I'm feeling nothing really for rogue squadron yet it's I know it's not that early. I mean, was this twenty three? You're thinking? We're. I think it's supposed to be twenty. I I put is eighteen months out because I believe they said it was supposed to be in twenty in like December twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm 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 neutral on Rogue Squadron right now. I I don't have any feelings positive or negative. I I'm someone I need, I need some more details and some visuals, right? Yeah. Uh, like this stuff. I mean, we could sit here and, and say all sorts of nasty shit about Matthew Robinson and Patty and this, that, and the other thing. But there's just so little to go on with this movie outside of the title. Yeah. Uh, if they do pay off on it, it is Star Wars Top Gun, then I don't see how it can't be fantastic. Uh, but yeah. if it starts to get into, you know, other other type of stuff, who knows where where it could go. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited for it because this is going to be another movie like like Solo, like Rogue One, where you're likely not going to be getting into the force angle of things. You know, it's this is going to be purely based off of like the fighter pilots and like focusing yeah. on those people. I, yeah, you would think it's going to be more Rogue One than than revenge of the sith right yes exactly so i'm i'm excited for it in that fashion like I, well, I'm, I'm excited actually, for it. it's a fucking star wars movie for the first time since what 2019 i mean yeah, christ so think about it's that pegged for right now it's december 22nd 2023 is the idea for i release. mean disney has done a, a great job at making us all forget that we should be watching a star wars movie this december or hell, yeah. this May, we may have already seen it, and this was going to be Kenobi. Yeah. And then there was so. going to be more after that. But no, we got to wait many more years, 2023 Rogue Squadron. We'll see. I, I'll start getting a little more uh, nuanced with my predictions on this once we actually get something to latch on to. At this point, uh, directors, writers, whatever, that, there's really yeah. nothing to go off it of. Would be, it would be different if they hired a writer that had a lot more shit under his belt 
Like if 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 you hired somebody who had like right. you know written, we'll, we'll say movies. Chris Terrio who has worked on Star Wars. Yeah. I'd honestly, I'd probably be like yuck because yeah. he it was involved in the Rise of Skywalker and made some of those narrative choices. Yeah, um, but even if it was like somebody like you know like like one of like a famous screenwriter and I don't know any of them because I don't know shit like that in in in, in you know in movie history, but like a guy who had written like three or four. You know, Seth Rogen, decent action movies, <laughs> written some sci-fi stuff. Then, like, then you could speculate on, like, oh, well, based off of these movies, maybe it'll be a little bit like this. But who fucking right, knows? Right, right, yeah. No, I think that's kind of why I'm digging the uh, Matthew Robinson not really having any work. I mean, it, it truly is going to be a hit or miss, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll okay. see. Okay, got some story time for you, Nick, and anyone else who cares to listen. If you're a fan, you know what story time means. It's time for me to recap the latest issue of the current Star Wars comic books run. And these days, these are some highly exciting little issues to read. And that's because all of the proper Star Wars comic books, Darth Vader, Star Wars, Aphra, Bounty Hunters, all of them are now crossing over into this War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries that I've been going on about for the past few weeks. So last week, we've got the latest Darth Vader issue is issue 13. And not only did it infuse some new canon in between the uh, ESB and ROTJ eras, uh, but uh, it also progressed or, or showed a little bit more light on what's happening in the war of uh, the bounty hunters run. All right. So the biggest takeaway from Darth Vader 13, again, spoilers if you haven't read yet, but I don't think any of us can read here that listen to the Star Wars Time Show, so I'm safe. But the biggest thing here, and it, it, it's, it's kind of a big reveal, who knows where it's going to go, but it's revealed that one of Palpatine's top prequel era aides conspired against him and Darth Vader before the events of Return of the Jedi. Okay. And uh, I'll reveal who that was towards the end. But it, it's, a, it's a character I've actually talked about in a recent Vader recap as they uh, kind of made their reappearance in the original trilogy era from the prequel era. But it, it's a pretty big surprise, and it's one that obviously is going to be resolved in the comics, and it's not going to have any sort of major impact on what we already know. Uh, because a lot of this stuff, again, is, is, is feeding into content we know how it ends up. I mean, we know... Han Solo ends up with Jabba the Hutt thanks to Boba Fett. We're just seeing a different kind of roundabout story about how he actually got him there. But anyways, so um, this issue opens up, you know, Vader and Ochi, they're, they're boys now. And they're at Boku the Huts, you know, just like uh, last time I recapped Vader 12. That's where they were at. Boku mm. the Hutt, he's the Hutt that, you know, looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger if he was a Hutt. Uh, I, I found it interesting that huts don't have to be just big fat pieces of shit. They actually can uh, give themselves some musculature on their <laughs> abs, pecs, and arms. But anyways, they're with Boca the Hut trying to get a lead on the Han Solo thing. Because just to remind you, remember, at this point in time, every major faction in the galaxy is concerned with Han fucking Solo and Carbonite. And everyone has their own reasons. Vader's reason, therefore the Empire's reason, is he knows the more friends of Luke's he kills, the weaker Luke becomes. 
because he's still like, again, he we still get flashbacks where he's having an inner monologue about his duel with his son and realizing that his son is definitely powerful. But the only great things his son has done up until this point, he was aided by his friends. So to Vader, he feels his son's greatest weakness is his friendships. So in his demented head, he feels like if he can take out Luke's friends, he can easily take out Luke and either bring him to his side or, or take him out in general. We also learn at this point in time that Vader is well aware that the Emperor is starting to turn his gaze to young Skywalker. So, so Vader's kind of got uh, two fronts of motivation here. He wants to weaken his son by killing his friends. But he also wants to make sure he gets young Skywalker before Palpatine does. So anyways, that's why they're hunting down Han. They, they learn from Boca the Hutt that like, oh, yeah, he was last on Nar Shada. But, it, you know, you can you can you might as well piss that lead away. It, he's moved on. Uh, but Vader's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are why are all these hunters, these droid hunters going to this planet in hut space? And that's where Boku's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Go check it out. But you're going to have to come with us and my my space barge because it is hot space. And if, if they see your Imperial shuttle, they'll, they'll try to shoot you down. So whatever. So that's how Vader and the huts are, are, are kind of linked up. So they take him to this, this, um, this planet where the droid crush pirates of Bastoon a gaggle of robots that Vader fought when he was half a Vader earlier in this this run. They're the ones there, and they're the ones trying to find a lead on Solo, but they have brought a new robotic friend this time, and it is none other than IG-88. So we get a little uh, little IG-88 action. So in the War of the Bounty Hunter run now with its crossovers, we've had Forlom, Zuckus, Dangar, Valance, Boba. All right. Now IG-88 gets added to the mix. Uh, so I believe that takes care of the dirty dozen outside of Bosk at this point in time. But either way, the droid crush pirates have some bigger oil tank balls at this point in time because they have IG-88. And they're like, haha, Vader, whatever. You're not going to be able to take out this guy. And of course, Vader, with one arm and his lightsaber, is deflecting every bolt that IG can throw at him. But IG pulls out this little remote, Nick, and he hits some buttons, and we learn that these buttons can control Vader's suit. <laughs> so just as Vader's about to dismember this little cocksucker, IG-88 takes control of Vader and is about ready to have Vader slice off his own head with his own lightsaber. Nice. But because IG-88 is a little cocky, for some reason, he starts boasting to Vader like, ah, ha, ha, you can't do anything because I have this remote. So what does Vader do? He goes, uh huh, you idiot. I have the force. Vader takes the remote with the force, takes over IG-88's programming, and immediately proceeds to have him point his rifle in his face and blow his head off. It's like, okay, yeah, I love Vader. I love the guy. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're going to try to get me to cut my own head off? Well, here you go. Boom. So, th so that's that. And then at the same time, Boku's 
sail barge, which is which is in the sky. It's it's like a space barge, but it still looks like a barge. I guess the huts like barges. Yeah. He opens fire on everybody, basically directly on top of Vader. So Vader being Vader, again, casually lifts up his lightsaber and uses the force to deflect an, an orbital bombardment. All right. What he, After this. Okay. I mean, literally, imagine a, a a fairly large vessel firing down at ground forces, Invader yeah. just blocking it all nonchalantly, like, "Hey, whatever, I'm fucking Shoot Darth it. Vader. The only Force user more powerful than me at this point in time is Palpatine, because that guy is nuts." So Vader and Ochi they return to Boku, and they're like, "Hey, hey, what the fuck was that all about? You know, Boku, he's a hut, so he's trying to work his way out of it." And um, luckily for them, though. They find more information on the sail barge that kind of, you know, takes Vader's ire off of Boku. I, I was quite impressed that Vader just didn't come back to Boku's ship and stab him right in the chest for his little maneuver. Yeah. But it's because they, they learned on the ship, Nick, him, him and Ochi learned through a, you know, some sort of computer recording that Crimson Dawn has returned, right? We, we know oh, this shit. now through the go. other War of the Bounty comics, the other crossovers. Yep. And that, that's where we kind of leave Vader. But the, the issue ends with kind of a little epilogue. And we see IG-88 obviously repaired his head. He's back on his ship and he's, he's flying to Coruscant to go meet whoever hired him to fuck with Vader on this planet. Because I forgot to mention, Vader and Ochi were also, they had their Imperial shuttle crashed remotely. And what is explained in the comics is that slicing Imperial systems is essentially impossible unless someone knows this, how things work. Okay, like you can't just hack an Imperial shuttle. You can't just hack Darth Vader's armor unless you have some insider information. All right. Yeah. So IG-88, we see him land on Coruscant. He's he's talking to the person that gave him the, the, the job. He's like, hey, you told me that I would be able to fuck him up with that remote. I'd be able to, you know, take control of his suit. I'd be able to kill Vader. At this point in time, IGA is like, fuck you. Vader's unstoppable. Blow me. And he's talking to a, 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 a hooded figure. And I'm like, holy shit. Sidious is already trying to fuck with Vader again. He's already hiring, you know, some of the supreme bounty hunters to mess with Vader. But, but then you flip to the last page and you see the front and it is revealed. Sorry, I got to turn off my air conditioning real quick. It is revealed that IG-88's source is none other than Sly Moore. All right. Slymore, Slymore is the bald Umbaran that sits up in the Chancellor's little podium thing in the Senate chambers with Masamita. So yep. she's essentially like, uh, you know, vice president or COO. I think it goes <laughs> Palpatine, Masamita, Slymore, right? Yeah. If we're talking in terms of how he ranks his aides. Yeah. So Slymore, who has been featured in this Darth Vader comic book run before and trying to kill Vader with the droid crush pirates and all this other shit. All along is working, and I'm hoping to find out more in issue 14, but there's some sort of secret society that she is a part of. They all wear like these purplish dark hoods. They're all different aliens. There, there was a Transdotian, uh, there was a Twi'lek, there's Slymore, who's an Embaran. But apparently there's this secret society that is hell-bent 
on taking out Vader and Palpatine. And what she says is like, listen, yeah, like one-on-one, Vader, Vader's going to kick our ass. But strength in numbers and with our knowledge, we will be able to defeat them, meaning Vader and Sidious. So like I said at the onset, the, the big canon takeaway was that one of Palpatine's top aides, Sly Moore, for some time has been conspiring against Vader and Palpatine to overthrow them. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they, they're going for their own power grab or if like the rest of the galaxy at this point in time, they realize that, you know, turning full control over to two Sith Lords probably wasn't a good idea. But people as close as that to Palpatine were going to these lengths. I mean, th- this isn't just like passing information. She's stealing v- Vader's fucking suit remote, for Christ's sake, to try and undermine what Palpatine and Vader are doing with the Empire. And yeah, that's I mean, that. it's, that's, I mean, I don't want to say it's interesting, but it's weird to me that you would have somebody that's in that level of power that essentially wants the same, I mean, in essence, wants the same thing as the rebellion, like in the overthrow of the empire, or at least the overthrow of the, of the two main people in the empire, but doesn't choose to work with the rebels. Like, so there's, here's their line. I kind of summarized their line. I mean, I don't have the direct quote from the comment, or the comic, but Moore says, we will, be, we will be more powerful than they could ever imagine. Okay, so they Meaning want to th- take this, over this, the Empire for themselves. Yeah, like this, like, like this, dissolve. exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not trying to be good guys and save the day. It's just, they, they've realized like, uh-oh, like, like these two guys together, and even alone in some cases, are, are nearly unbeatable. Yeah. But she's saying if if we keep working them over as a group, we can definitely take them out one by one. Yeah. Uh, they, so there is like this there is this they, society that was out there led by Sly Moore that was looking to uh take over Palpatine's uh, little prize. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, I mean just just I, that's why I like these comics. I mean, it's not it's not ground shattering. It's not going to change uh, future canon but it just gives us you know little nuanced bits of narrative like oh you know that that was interesting it's did i need to know it no but as a dork that likes star wars lore i like those little kind of broad strokes on the canvas to to just fill in even the little rinky dink stuff like that yeah for sure uh, and then i think this week is i think we're um, i'll be getting war of the bounty hunter number two so we'll be getting back to the the meat of the action, which is typically told from Boba Fett's perspective. So yeah. I'll be, I'll be touching in with the alpha again shortly, but if you like these recaps, you can always get them on our YouTube channel, which you can find on starwarstime.net or just search for star Wars time show. I think these days will actually show up in SERPs and you can find our YouTube channel that way. So uh, if you're listening for the first time to this stupid live stream, please comment, like, subscribe turn on notifications if you haven't done that yet i've i've been told that i need to do more call to actions i actually just got a comment from an old uh an old mandalorian season two breakdown that i'd like to read everyone just to kind of give you an idea of why i suck and no one listens to my stuff i actually kind of like this where'd it go where am i deleted this is a good one uh delete delete damn it I'm not going to find it. Oh, well. Uh, 
basically this guy's like hey great content in this uh, episode breakdown but he's like y- you talk about yourself too much and it ruins it i said hey. <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah i get it there you go fair feedback i'd have to rewatch the breakdown to see what i was saying but i think it was more like me just doing what i do here and being Tooting a jerk off horn. yeah hey I'm going to toot my horn until the fucking audience shows up that someone like me should should get. How's that? So <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up once I start getting, you know, 100,000 views on my videos versus 100. All right. Sound good? Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's your story time. And now it's for toy time. And, and, and this one we're going to talk about kind of chaps my ass a little bit. I know it definitely chaps one six shooters ass. And I'm talking about this uh, newly revealed Hot Toys chromed Mandalorian and Grogu deluxe set. Now, why am I pissed about this, you might ask? Because if you're looking on the live stream, it's a fucking fantastic looking set. They've got the correct thigh armor this time around. The armor's chromed out. You got uh, Pedro's head sculpt again. Uh, you get the dark saber, you get the Mandalorian spear, you get essentially the the props Mando used during S2E2 when his speeder bike blows up and he has to walk back to town with Boba Fett's armor over his back. You get all that shit. Yep. The problem is, Nick, almost all of us already own full Beskar Mando. Yeah. yeah. It's just it it's not chromed. It doesn't come with the the din head, and it doesn't come with the uh, deluxe accessories I'm showing off now on the live stream, which is Boba Fett's acid wash armor, uh, the the blade, the spear, the chrome plated armor, and all the bullshit he fashioned from the crash speeder to carry said stuff into town. So, I mean, and Nick, here's the problem: the full Beskar Mando, for the most part, just started arriving to people maybe two to three months ago. <laughs> and now they're coming out saying, oh, by the way, here's the better version of this figure. And um, you can pay us $375 for it now instead of us just selling an accessory pack for you assholes that jumped on the gun early and got the full Beskar version. No, dude, people like me, people like Trevor, anyone that, that bought the original Mando and Grogu deluxe set in full Beskar, we now have a subpar version of the figure. I'll say it. It's subpar to this new one. It's subpar. The chrome looks great. All the accessories are fantastic. It's just something where you got to go like, really, Hot Toys? Really? <laughs> and, and Trevor's the one that said it. He's the one that's like, why can't? They, why not just do an accessory pack? I mean, I would I would have spent $150 to get the chromed, chromed armor, the Boba Fett helmet and jetpack, the little sacks, the the straps, the dark saber, the spear, uh, the the din head, and the Grogu sack. I would I would easily paid 100 150 for that. I don't think I can cough up 375 for this set just to get those th- this version of Mando. And again, I'm giving Trevor credit at one six shooter. He's like, listen, this this burns my ass too, but he believes. The, the Mando Season 3 Hot Toys figure, which is bound to release, yeah. will have the chromed armor and probably a new Din sculpt. So he's like, fuck it, I'll just wait. And, and I applaud him for that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I'm trying my damnedest right now. I have not pre-ordered this one. So what is the likelihood of you being able to sell your old 
full best zero at this point zero Z- zero okay no because no, you could fence that and then just right get this new one then hey you know you no the the, the hardcore collectors they're like me they're like fuck it i mean it, it's i mean really it's and and i don't get too upset but the 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 leg armor truly is not what he was wearing in season two so it's it's, yeah. it's again it's not even like the real representation the real full beskar so yeah uh people aren't going to want that version unless it truly they just stop it which i mean the, the one good thing about these figures unlike a lot of 112 scale or other mass produce they, these are not mass produced like we're Limited talking with trevor edition. for the most part They'll fulfill pre-orders and get maybe a couple hundred extra for wait list and people trying to get lucky. Uh, so these do have limited supply. Maybe someone that wants, yeah, I got to have all the collection kind of like I am. Maybe I could get rid of it that way. Uh, but this is kind of like a ball kick for those of us that already got full Beskar Mando. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the second time Hot Toys has done this to me. They, they did this with the... Uh, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker where I, I they, they're like hey Jedi Knight Luke I'm like fuck yeah I bought him I get him and it felt like two months after I got him they're like oh yeah we got a new version the deluxe version he's got uh, goggles and in, in like a head wrap from the deleted scene from Jedi I'm like what the fuck and it, he had the uh, the Endor poncho and just a, a great little smattering of accessories that would have made the figure bigger and better but no, you would have to buy the whole new Barbie, and I passed. So I have a, I now have a subpar Jedi Knight Luke, and a subpar full Beskar, or, or as we call him in Swago, Bam. Right? I know you don't play anymore, but his name is, has become Bam in the game, uh, Beskar Armor Mando. Nice. Uh, but he's out there now. You can pre-order him. There is a just a regular set and a deluxe. The deluxe, you miss out on all the good shit, so you'd be a fool just to buy the regular. And I think the deluxe is only like an extra 45. Uh, but yeah. he's pre-ordered now, and I believe releasing very soon, which means they truly just made new accessories, and they are, are putting them on the existing <laughs> uh, 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 bodies they had for the, the original full Best Garmando. Because a lot of these new releases, my friends, they're not coming out until late, late 2022. So, um, but he's out there pre-order from Sideshow, 375 for Deluxe, 330 for Collector. Nice. Okay. Last piece of toy news here before we get into the fan segment for this week. And it is, there is another Lego piece releasing other than Boba Fett Starship, as we talked about <laughs> earlier this week. And it is Moff Gideon's imperial light cruiser from mando season two um and yeah i mean matt you've been into the lego building a lot recently with uh, yeah i'm girl. a i've kind of we, we've kind of fallen off that wagon after she just has no respect for the lake i mean th- this is what kind of did me in at least with building stuff with her i was building her that she wanted you know i got her the winnie pooh set for easter it was one of the limited editions like vip sets and she's like oh yeah let's build it and we're building it we're building it we're building it and i'd set up on a table in between builds and one day she's in there and she's you know fucking doing gymnastics on furniture like a little asshole which she knows <laughs> she's not allowed to do and she does like a like a handstand back into the table and knocks the whole fucking Winnie the Pooh house off and it smashes. Oh no. And I am someone that if I have put work into something and it gets rebooted back to zero, I physically and mentally <laughs> can't pick up the pieces and start again. 
the only time I can do it is when I know either my job's on the line or a grade's on the line. Like, you know, let's say I was an idiot that forgot to save a Word document back in the day and I, I lost like a, like a whole report. I would sit there and, and contemplate sticking ice picks through my skull, but I would, I'd go back and do it because I know I had to either for work or for school. But the Lego set, once I saw it all smashed to pieces and like it was no longer organized by bag and so I could find the steps to fix it, I looked, I was like, well, the only way this is ever getting built is if your mother takes it on because I will not <laughs> rebuild this shit after you knocked it off being a little jerk off. Yeah, uh, so I mean, with little kids, it's very difficult to have that. You know what stay. I mean, though? Like, I, I'm yeah. talking, I had like six bags completed, and this is like an 18 plus rated set, and it was just obliterated. And I'm like, I am not starting back at page fucking one. There is no way. No yeah. way. There have been like video games, you know, like, like a game breaking glitch, and it fucks my save, and you're like, oh, yeah, you gotta go redo two hours. Nope. I sure as fuck don't. I'm just not going to finish this game. Yeah, that's, I, I just, that's happened I, to me I can't before, handle that. for sure. Where I'm are like, you able oh. to like get past that shit? Or are you like me, where you, you, your brain just shuts down and refuses to redo something that you've put hours into? I think, like, I'm just so used to autosave at this point that it does kind of annoy me, where I'm, I, like, I'll just stop playing for a few days, like, at least for a few days, or I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna play. But that was actually like a constant stress that I played with when I was playing Cyberpunk because I knew they had that that essentially game deleting bug in there where if your save file got too big, you were sent, you were fucked and the game would just crash. And oh, by the way, update on Cyberpunk. They now say the game is working as intended six months after release. So kudos to CD Projekt Red. (laughs) I will like I've finished it like I. And I'm glad that I got it on PC because that was the best way to play it. And like all of the little things that I encountered were very minor. And I would say none of them were like there were very few even immersion breaking things that that would happen um, after the the first big patch release. Um, And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I I think I said on the podcast where you weren't here when you were out, I played the ending five times. Um, cause it's one of those just games to see different you, versions. Yeah. Cause it's one of the games where you can get, I think there's, there's eight different ways the game can end depending on the choices you make at the end of it. Yeah. It's even too much effort for me. Here's so another like, game. I, but another dude, game I liked drop. it so much that I was like, I gotta see some yeah. of these other ones. No, it was, it, it is a good game. It is. It, it's fucking shame that it's just such a turd yeah. out of the gate, but Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I just I can't I can't redo stuff uh, hours in, so that that's kind of stalled the Lego building. I still haven't even finished the fucking most Eisley Cantina. I, I'm I'm down to the last bag. It's just been, uh, you know, pandemic life outside again. Yeah, weather changes. You don't really want to be sitting inside cranking on Legos. But anyways, as Nick said, uh, Gideon's Cruiser. It, it's a good looking set. I, I'm definitely considering this one. I I like ships when. They also double as play sets. That way I can pretend that my kid's going to play with it again, even though she's <laughs> told me a few times now that she hates Star Wars. Um, but this one's coming out, I think, August 1st. You can order it, $159.99, 1,336 pieces. You get five minifigs. You get a moth. You get a fennec. You get a dark trooper. That's a pretty slick-looking minifig. You get the dune for all you dune lovers out there. And yep. then you get Din and Grogu. I'm go. actually surprised they didn't include a Luke 
in this set. Right. Or Bo-Katan. Like, it should have been Bo-Katan and Luke, at least. Yeah, I know. I would have added both of them, man. I mean, like, Fennec, like, I don't know. She was there. Yeah, but yeah, I you remember like it, it was it was Fennec, Kara, Bo, and um, Casca. Yeah, were like the, the Fennec like, fatales. If I was gonna, if I was gonna include, if I only had f- five slots, I would have flipped Fennec out for somebody else. Like, like I understand the Dark Trooper because that was a huge part of it. I understand, I understand like a lot of the other ones, but man, I would have, I would have flipped Fennec out for somebody else. I would that have flipped Cara Dune out just because it's a even the minifig isn't that great. At least Fennec has a little helmet, and then the you could have bring in the Mandos like Bo or Casca. They got helmets, but yeah, Cara's a pretty basic looking minifig. Nothing special there. Yeah, I think they should so. have made her thicker too. The 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 Cara More Dune muscular. Lego. Yeah, it should have reflected the actress better. Yeah. All right. But there you go. I'll definitely be considering this set because. They, they do come in handy sometimes on rainy weekends or when you don't feel like, I mean, these days I feel like I'm living in Texas again here in the Midwest. It's, <laughs> we're in the nineties. It's humid as fuck. It sucks. Yeah. All right, man, let's uh, kind of transition into this week's version of the fan segment. We almost didn't have it going because I forgot to call your responses, but Nick took care of it. So let's just make sure Slack works these days. There we go. Browser window go away. Okay, so um, we didn't post a question, but everyone gets the idea at this point in time. We are just asking, hey, what was your favorite part of the most recent episode of The Bad Batch? In this case, it was the one with the Alpha and the Omega reveal. So take it away, Nick. First up, Random Picks NJ says, Seeing Cad Bane is always something awesome, but the character development of Fennec is great. Great for the book of Boba. Yeah, Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about that during the episode break yeah, this is all by design i mean the, the fennec isn't showing up in bad batch for fun Fe- this is dave going oh hey by the way this is our our opportunity to really flesh out this character who we we barely featured in season one of the mando but then you know gave her a much larger role in season two in beyond and book of boba exactly so good good on you there uh next up carl p photography says Great episode and battle. I liked finding out who Fennec was working for. Um, yeah, that was a pretty pivotal thing as well. Like knowing that there's essentially, I mean, we knew that there was going to be a division within the Kaminoans themselves, but to see it like play out in such an interesting fashion where they essentially hire two different bounty hunters, you hire one what? bounty hunter to go after the other bounty hunter to get it was, it was I bounty. mean, honestly, it was a, it was a perfect set up because yeah. i mean while I, I i could see the foreshadowing with with nala say i mean I, I called that in in episode eight big deal yeah. right i've established that i'm a speculation a speculative genius yes you, you didn't quite know in full how it would play out so when you see fennec show up you're like oh well here we go it's it's literally a, a war of the bounty hunters trying to get their quarry so when you learn at the very end that, no, she wasn't there to take her back to Camino, She was there to prevent her, this time at least. The first time Fennec was after Omega, let's, let's not fuck around. Pretty sure she was, she was there to take her back to Camino. It wasn't until this, this, this second offering where Lama's like, you know what, it's time to open this up to more bounty hunters, that Nala's like, hey, you... Uh, uh, this time, how about you 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 keep her safe? 
Yeah. And and and, and take out whoever you got to take out that's trying to uh, fuck with her, which happened to be <clears throat> Tan We ate a blaster bolt to the face. And then obviously we got the good battle with Cad Bane. Yeah, definitely. So all good stuff there around Fennec. And then Lego Sky Guy says Fennec kicking Bane's ass. And I mean, really, like there were moments in that fight where Bane looked like he had the upper hand. But I think overall, Fennec really did kind of give him a beat down. Like she well, was just more skilled in hand to hand combat where like Bane got off bigger hits. That, yeah, like, he had the her. he had to rely on his tech ultimately. Like he even busted out. I mean, I don't know if he stole a gauntlet from a Mandalorian, but he even busted out a, a, a flamethrower. Flame he had to use his his rocket boosts again on his boots. Uh, I mean, there was a tie. He definitely knocks her the fuck out once. I mean, he he got a clean knockout to where he yeah. could get away and and put the pressure back on Omega. Uh, but ultimately, I think if this was a a, a scored fight. Fennec probably would have won in decision, right? Yeah, she, she would have, it would have gone to the judges. Uh, I think Cad might have taken the early rounds, but ultimately she she won the fight overall. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think Omega's own resourcefulness is ultimately what allowed Fennec to technically get the win because it's it's not like Fennec truly sent omega back to the bad batch she just she just kept cad bane tied up enough that you know little she omega is. could could do her thing get in that little escape pod and then uh, kind of throw herself hail mary style towards space yeah and, and luckily her her bros and dad showed up to kind of catch her yeah i yeah. was thinking too at the end that like toto might like go with omega because like you were seeing like she was poking him the whole time like do you really want to be here yeah, so I was like, but maybe I mean, Toto will go, and then like he he clearly suffers from battered droid syndrome, yeah. right? Like he um, uh, all the abuse Cad has has given him over the years, he he just can't break himself from it. Uh, even though times. he he yeah he probably knows it's the right thing to do, but yeah yeah I mean, I, I did like even the opening where where she works over Toto to kind of get her way. I mean she's she's no fool. She's a manipulative little girl, so. Works out in her favor, though. All right, next up, Old Tom Solo says, the possibility that we may see Boba arrive in the series at yeah. some point. Yeah. You, you can uh, just take the, the possibility qualifier right out of there, Old Tom. <laughs> uh, it's happening. Uh, this yeah. is just this is another opportunity for Filoni and his team uh, to put the spotlight back on this character who has clearly had a massive resurgence thanks to the live action property of the Mandalorian and subsequently the book of Boba. Uh, so any chance they can get to fill in more gaps of his history, they're going to take. And I mean, it's, it's teed up. He's got a sister. Bounty hunters are after her. He probably doesn't know, like, like our, our prediction earlier, you know, this is kind of, I think what we're going to take to the bank, but we're going with Boba's going to be in on the mix. Fennec may come in to to help again, common ground. But by the end of common ground, or maybe even parts of Devil's Deal, I think it'll be made clear to Boba that hey, Omega is technically family. You probably shouldn't be trying to score a bounty on her. Why don't you help us out? That that yeah. that's my take. But yeah, but Boba Fett will be in the Bad Batch, and I'm I'm going to go as far as to say he's probably going to have. Uh, the, the the green, red, and yellow stylings on the armor at this point in time, just based on the fact that he did in the deleted scene of the Clone Wars of his duel with Cad Bane. 
Yeah, yeah. Excited to see his entrance into the series for sure. Whoa. All right, last one is from IG Toy Store. Says, fight scene was on point when Cad gets knocked off and he doesn't just simply fly back like it was nothing. He curves his whole body over the ledge just to make it, uh, to make it which was just the most realistic touch I've ever seen in a while. So he was talking about like the actual, like realistic physics of like, him kind of struggling. With I love. His boots I mean, dude, get back up. I anytime people watch Star Wars with with that key of a focus or that laser focus type of of attention and detail, I applaud them. I applaud you, IG Toy Store. Uh, yeah. This is coming from another person that usually takes an hour to get through twenty two minutes of a Star Wars show uh, due to pausing, note checking, in in. Uh, thinking about is that something to discuss is that a reference is that an egg uh, but yeah i mean it it, it really was a, i mean obviously the the technology is is much more advanced than the early days of clone wars you can even see that going through the clone wars itself it goes from somewhat rocky to obviously clone Wars season seven having the the rebels polish and now the bad batch polish to it yeah, good stuff. Very excited for Friday. Let's see what this common ground is all about. Let's see if we, we are going to get the Boba. But I, I do think common ground is either going to play out with Boba realizing that, yeah, he should team up with them or Fennec coming in to uh, just help fend off some additional bounty hunter grabs. Yeah. All right, Nick, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, the last segment of the week, and that is the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week, running 621 to 628. I'll do my little spiel like I always do, just in case we have new listeners, even though I I think that uh, is not the case, considering the the numbers the past two weeks have been pretty shite as we like to say <laughs> in our staff meetings we're talking low low numbers i'm hoping it's a summer thing a uh, we're out of pandemic lockdown for pretend thing here in america but if numbers keep up the way we are i think i have managed to piss off just enough people to not make doing the show worth it anymore but anyways the top five and this is how this is how this thing comes to be so every day of the week I'm on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show, looking through all of the shots people have tagged us in and have used our hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So to get in on the fun, hashtag Star Wars Time Show, like my man Devin Doty just said in the chat. So any Star Wars content at this point, I really don't give a shit. All Star Wars content for the most part is interesting to me. It doesn't mean it's going to get featured, all right? But Tag at Star Wars Time Show and use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So every morning as I uh, wake up, I go through both of those sections on our account and I look for for Star Wars art of any kind, tattoos, cosplay, real ass paint, toy photography that moves my meter. I'm not saying gets me excited down below, but just something like, Mm -hmm. wow, that looks pretty fucking cool. If that's the case. I'll feature it. I do 12 features a day, seven days a week. And then the magic happens Monday evening, and that's when Nick, the good man you can see here on the live stream, he goes through all of those 12 shots, seven days. You do the math. It's got to be at least 5,000. And he picks the five best according to him. And that brings us to now. The top five of 621 to 628. So, Nick, who we got? First up, it's from our good friend, 
at super underscore scoundrel Devin in the chat, one of our moderators. And I, I think you almost it's got to buy impossible. this shirt now, huh? Yeah, I know. I was, was going to say, I think it's going to be impossible for me that anytime, like anytime you share one of Devin's like, you know, vice style uh, portraits here, it's going to be impossible for me to not put it in a top five. So what we see is the Lord of Hunger, Darth Nihilus in Devin's signature like Star Wars Vice style of art that I that I you know have kind of dubbed it in the last time we were watching. So you see Darth Nihilus beautifully rendered, um, and you see in the background kind of like this this nineteen eighty. Yeah, what Nick's saying with Vice, think think Far Cry Blood Dragon, like yeah, like, Far like Cry that Blood type Dragon. of shit. <laughs> just like 80s 80s early 90s like you know like flashy guitar yeah. synth music in your face type of stuff yeah gta vice city like something like that like those old 80s uh style of 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 art back then like very vibrant colors and like even like the way that his name is written is just so fucking 80s it's so cool but it, it's just like it's such a different like taking these star Wars characters and then dropping them into this style of art. Like this it shouldn't style work. Of art. It, it should. I'll tell you right now, it shouldn't work. I mean, you have Darth Nihilus. What is he? The eater of worlds or some shit like that. Yeah. Lord of hunger. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. Got, yeah. And, and he's, he's, he's on it. He's in an image with, with palm trees, a sun. You got those like purple and pink neon uh, light accents there. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, very unsith like but at the same time it's very kick-ass and it 100 percent works and nick this is actually an, an edit he actually he uh, super scoundrel did create just a standard uh nihilist i guess we could go check it out yeah yeah uh, and, and i was standard. i mean i i yeah standard one kicks ass too i mean that, that yeah. definitely that that's got the the, the eater of worlds vibe to it the lord of hunger but when i saw him you know uh, as you say <laughs> throw on his vice pimp maneuver yeah, I was like, yeah, that's the one. The feature. So Matt, that is the one. The feature. You don't have the right screen up ah! on the live stream. Damn it, Devin, let us yeah, know. Well, told you, I'm an idiot. You know? <laughs> what do you guys expect? <laughs> oh well. So remember all the nice shit we just said and described, and now look at the screen. Yeah, now okay, now you go. Can see we'll, it we'll give you those. we'll give you ten seconds of silence to replay what we said about it. Now that you can actually see it, so go. You'll get here. We go. Yeah, there you go. Recall everything. <laughs> so all right, does, no, does no, all the stuff man, we said make sense now? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fucking amazing piece of artwork here by Devin. I mean. I have the Mando Vice shirt. That was one of his first like Vice style 1980s Star Wars mix. Yeah, uh, let's like go find crossover it. style of uh, of art. I want you, I want you to buy. Hey, Super Scoundrel, I want you to sell Nick a shirt with just your image on it that that Justin took. SW Props. <laughs> that's okay. that, that. That's the be, shirt I want you to buy. Yeah, the one I have up on the stream weird. right now. Uh, he Not, would have to be put awesome. that up on his shop and see how popular that is. But no, yeah, I mean, kick ass. I, I, let's see if we can find. Yeah, here's his. He's got the the Mando Vice, as Nick calls it. There, that one's kick ass. I think his original vices were were way back in 2020. Lots of quality content on at Super Scoundrel, my friends. Yes. There we go. Look at this. Look at the transport co-pilot one. Now that's a fucking pimped out. Sh um, image and shirt as nick yeah. likes to buy 
But yeah, anyways, at Super Scoundrel, you know, check out the store. Uh, www.storefrontier.com slash Super Scoundrel. Check it. Give them the follow on the IG as well. All right. Yeah, but hey, last week, remember, I brought up the Schwarzenegger thing. Here, told you. Yeah, no, it's right there. I still think, I mean, hey, I, I love Devin's fucking Star Wars work. I mean, it's fantastic. Hey, look, my comment shows sweet Haywood Pop. Mm. See, I, su- I support our friends through my yeah. personal account. But yeah, he designed this thing for uh, one of my favorite action hero actors of all time, the Schwarzenegger. The Schwartz, Love yeah. Love it. Devin, did you actually get to talk to him or just his team? I'll let you yeah. leave that in chat once you once you catch up, but I'm interested in learning about that. that I think one cool. of these days we're actually going to have Super Scoundrel on the show if we can figure it out. I, I, it's something like he can't do an interview during our regular time because he has to work or some shit like that. I don't know, but yeah, gosh, right, we're working Devin, on why Devin. Do you have a fucking job. Yeah, I mean jobs are for idiots. Come I <laughs> um I think we have something locked down with plastic action. He actually heard my call, which you know goes yeah. to show you he's a, he's an excellent individual. Heard my call responded to the story he's like hey i'm waiting uh so i I threw the producer after him and i think we might get him we might not get him for too long but i do think we're gonna get plastic action still working on the scoundrel yeah i mean the plastic action at this point it's like he has gone above and beyond what toy photography was he's he's like like a a, different level of celebrity and that's all i want to talk about like i i I mean i don't give a shit about star i I just want to talk to him like jacks what what has your life been like these past two and a half years with this hobby? I mean, it's, it's crazy what it, what, you know, he was blown up beforehand, but once ESPN caught wind of his uh, plastic baller series, it's just like, he's doing shit for Shaq now, like personal projects. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. All right. Yes. Anyways, back to super scoundrel. Super scoundrel. Um, okay. Super he, scoundrel. he promised, he, he gave us a great tease. He will explain it all. And that that's the Schwarzenegger deal when he's a guest so there we go we're gonna hold him to it i i want him on the show we just got to figure out schedules but we will get the lowdown on how devin is making art personally for the schwarzenegger now the governator all right that's awesome at super underscore scoundrel on instagram if you're not already following him you should be you should also buy his merchandise because it's really good shit all right next up is at visual approach photography i mean Visual approach over the last, I would say, three months, it's almost like impossible to not put him in the top five when he when we yeah. get shares of his stuff. And this is what the, the one you're sharing now is a recent one where I actually I mean, I, I sometimes, especially with a guy like him, I'll, I'll read their full caption just to kind of get some insights into the setup and whatnot. And, and if you actually go look at this shot on at visual underscore approach underscore photography's account and, and read it. I mean, it's it's mixed scale, so the the at st is is actually one eighteen. It's 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 not a one twelve scale at at, but he actually the way he blended it in in the depth of field he used. I mean, the the, the aperture setting makes it look uh, proper size. Wow! But this shot right here, Nick, is it was his homage to uh, everything and Sir Dork. You know what was uh, funny, dude? When I because he on he this said. Image. I thought it was Jesse. Yeah, no, he said in the caption, like I said on on his account, that Sir Dork and everything were his his inspiration. No, yeah, dude, you can and, clearly and he see wanted to, he yeah he wanted to honor it in this shot, and and clearly he he learns well, right? I mean, 
Uh, un- unlike Anakin, he took the lessons from his masters yeah. and has applied them well. I mean, shit, let's just look at his latest one using, using crackling balls outside because I, I fucking love this Vader shot. Nick, I'm yeah, on his account thing. right now. Yeah, this uh, one is nuts. He, that's just, I mean, that's as boss Vader as you get. I mean, it looks like Vader is shitting out an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but it works because it's like Vader just coming out after he fucked something or someone up. Yeah. And and he, here's how you know Sean is, is dedicated to the craft. That Vader is fucked up at this point in time. Like if you look at the behind the scenes and I've done this to figures too. When you when you light uh, crackling balls that close to a figure, they get fucked up. So yeah, they're essentially destroyed. <laughs> It actually looks like Sean's in, in the chat right now. So yeah, is no, this hyper real Vader dead or alive at this point in time? He's saying yes, very melted. But yeah, hey, it paid off because that is a spectacular looking uh, yeah. Vader shot using, you know, all practical effects. Because I know some sometimes uh, visual approach photography, you know, he's, he's gotten good at the, the post-processing, bringing stuff in through Photoshop. But uh, someone like me that uh, likes the whole outdoor stuff and trying to do everything in frame, I, I love work like this. And you, you definitely can't see the the Sir Dork and everything Kylo no, dude, influence here. 100%. 100%. You can see those influences in there. That's amazing. Uh, but this shot, so we talked about the Vader shot, but this shot is a, uh, it looks like a Bad Batcher running away from the ATS yeah, in the background, shooting the lasers at him and exploding around his uh around his running body so um yeah i mean amazing shots so at visual underscore approach underscore photography on the instagram give him a follow i mean it's his stuff like matt said everything he puts out is just top tier top i'll tell you what watching this behind the scenes and 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 seeing this i have almost the same setup outside just a table that i i've blown the fuck up i throw random dirt on it it's like i need to get back outside and shoot a firework shot hey man uh, it's getting around that time too i mean it's almost that, what do you mean getting around that time nick I, i've blown away I, i've blown off the, the the first month of summer already you know as well as i do once we pass july 4th summer is over yeah, I mean, for teachers, take it to the bank. Sure. Anyone like not even for teachers, for humans in general. July Fourth is the end of summer. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. When 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 you wake up next Monday, or you probably have Monday off or Tuesday. Think about it. your summer's over, because most of you only have like a couple more weeks before kids are back in school. The weather's nice. July Fourth, and I, again, you got to remember, I'm a, I'm a glass half empty type of cocksucker. Pessimism is the key to my life. <laughs> but July 4th, I shit you not, once it hits, your summer will be over. Things just start to, they, they, they hit like a, 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 a hyperspeed pace after July 4th. Before you know it, you're going to be back bitching if you live in the north about the weather. And, and But you may be excited because football's coming back. I tell you what, getting old is so fun. But yeah, <laughs> at visual underscore approach underscore one more time photography. Got to give them a follow fantastic stuff and usually details the process so if you're trying to learn from the best this is a great account to take note of definitely definitely all right next up this is one of the this is one of the shots on our account that recently crossed a thousand likes this is from at life of guile and what we see is another tribute to the bad batch 
Yeah, another see, hunter shot. Yeah, this is another hunter shot with his knife drawn, and he's like, this almost seems like a this seems like as much like a Rambo shot as any any of the hunter shots yeah. we've ever yep, seen. Yep. But like he's in he's like in the water, almost like he's wading through the swamp, knife drawn, ready to fucking just pounce on somebody and, and kill him. I mean, it is it is a true like down in the dirt kind of shot from Life of Guile. Yeah, I, I am. Life of Guile, this is kind of their M.O. Very, yeah. like, natural, again, all outdoor, natural light uh, with, with it looks like in this case, it's either canned air being held upside down to stir up the smoke and the water or atmosphere aerosol or, or some type of aerosol being sprayed into the water to, uh, you know, kind of kind of kick up the water and hopefully get some water particles, but also to create the, 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 the fog slash smoke. But, yeah, li- Life of Guile, it's... it's, it's it's no bullshit. I mean, we'll go look at the full account. It's amazing uh, it, to me that he only has 2,500 followers with the with the quality of work that he puts out. Like, this well, shit is it, just, wow. Because I'm, I'm kind of psychotic with this stuff, and I look at it seven days a week for at least an hour a day, I can tell you life took a break for mm. a few months. And like I said last week... These days in particular on, on IG, if if you stop posting on a regular basis, IG essentially suspends your account. Like it's it just it's dead. Yeah. It's and de- it also it's looks so like dead. He had like a like a shift of focus. He was doing a little Lego. Now he's back on the yeah. you know the I mean it, 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 it shit gets so dead if you stop posting on a regular basis that bots begin to leave your account that's how fucking bad ig (laughs) makes your account if you don't post regularly these days but yeah i mean life this one right here the only reason i didn't feature this one is because i I just featured one you know you got to spread around the love sometimes uh this one with the 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 two stormtroopers again with nice uh aerosol effect in the background some good posing there i mean that shit is uh, just yeah heart-wrenching to look at but i I love it all i mean it, it clearly i'd argue while i don't shoot as much I look at more toy photography than any toy photographer in the world. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Every day, seven days a week, I'm looking at nothing but toy photography for up to an hour. Um, So it's good shit. It's good shit. I I, I still like it. I still like the hobby, if you will. I just haven't been able to get to it myself. But it's, it's starting to... Uh, burn a hole on my trigger finger if you know what I mean I, I, I'm i motivated to shoot it's just in, in my current setup with the fact that my uh, uh, father's too big of a pussy to confront me again I, I, I have no one to watch my kids so it, it's it's me trying to squeeze in some of my professional work uh, while also trying to make sure my kid doesn't kill herself throughout the day uh, which leaves me with no time for toy photography. And, and you're right. I mean, I am missing for where I live in, in uh, Columfuck, Ohio. I am missing prime time outdoor shooting right now because yeah. the perfect sun starts to show up around 435. It lasts almost to eight o'clock. I can get some really good dusky looking shots, which completely can change a scene. But no, I'm typically inside watching Pickles and Peanut or playing Barbie or just being a good fucking parent, right? It's not so yeah. bad to put focus on your kids. So I'm not bitching about that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm getting a toy build up again. I have three hot toys I want to shoot. I got some Black Series I want to shoot. Plus I have 
all of 2020 still sitting in a fucking plastic <laughs> drawer that needs shot. Um, I'll get there. Hopefully I'll get there. If anything, my kid's in kindergarten this year, so I'll be moving on to that phase of my life and I, I should get some of my, uh, uh, free time back as we like to call it in the parent verse there we go. but so, uh, yeah life of guile and that's g-i-a-l yes all one word no underscores no underscores <laughs> on ig i'm only saying Beautiful that because sean sean in the chat actually you know kind of called me i was like you love those underscores and i was like i hey. sure don't <laughs> um all right all right any Next more up. you got any more for me nick Sure any do. more yes we have more we have two more and the first one up oh the, is the master at, himself look at this yes at sir dork 730 like you said with his patented hero explosion shot cool guys <laughs> never look at explosions and these are some cool motherfuckers right here right matt yes it is i mean it's it's the named clones it, it, you yeah. got rex cody and wolf and it almost is. It's like they're, you know, someone got them together. It's like, hey, guys, let's 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 send this one to the generals and show them what we did. Let, 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 you know, <laughs> you know, GK and Skywalker, they'll, they'll love this shit. Yeah. Like, all right. All right. You, hey, Cody, you, you fucking light the bomb. Rex, you stand here. You get the hero pose. Wolf, you just look back there like you're flexing like a swole motherfucker. <laughs> and they're like, and, and Echo's the one on the camera. They're like, all right, Cody, light the bomb. Go. And Rex Dude. is like, all right, I got the pose. Echo, shoot, shoot, shoot. So <laughs> Dude, I, I love it. I fucking love it because like some of them, like some, so like some shots, they seem like, yeah, you know, you're, it's a little bit more natural. It's like they're walking away from something like a, like an explosion of like a tank or something like that. This is literally like, yeah, Jared set it up like just like you fucking narrated. Like they were posing this on purpose. Yeah. We're we're so fucking badass. We're gonna blow shit up right behind us and pose in front of it. Yeah. Because even even Cody's looking like what? Like he's looking like what? He's like, yeah, Rex, yeah. you hit that fucking pose, pimp. Yeah, yeah, that's looking good, Cap. That's looking good. And Wolf's Wolf's back there, like, yo, I, I kind of want to get in frame. And he's you know puffing out his chest a little bit. He's like, what? What? <laughs> I'm Wolf. What? Give me in this. What? See, <laughs> I, like, I fucking <laughs> love it, man. I love it. Like. This, Jared, I don't know if you're going to put this up as a print on your store, because like I said, last time, like my last print that I bought from you got fucking rained on because the UPS person did not put it underneath my patio. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that story. Put this uh, up the, the on rainy your store. I don't know if it's there already. Put this one up on your store so I can buy it in print form, because I want to, I, I just hung up my... I have my phase runner print over there on the wall. I have my savvy art print right here on the wall. I need to get this one to hang this one on my, on my wall as well. Cause this is some fucking incredible, yeah. awesome shit. Yeah, right Jared, here. this is, this is the Christmas card this year, I think, or at least one of the <laughs> images that goes on the Christmas card. Yeah. No, uh, Cause I, it is, it's I, just I like, this. <laughs> they really, I mean, Rex is just looking at, at us like, what the fuck are you going to do? Exactly. Captain fucking Rex, right? He's like, I am Captain fucking Rex. It's too (laughs) badass. I I need this. I need this in print form. So Jared, when it's up, let me know. I'm starting to. I'm starting to think Cody is almost like he's got a look of jealousy. Almost like, how come Rex always gets to be in the fucking front (laughs) doing the hero pose? I'm. I'm a fucking commander. He's just a captain. What the fuck? You know? It's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's too perfect. I love it. How many, Jared? How many? 
how many layers is this shot or is that just one cohesive blast i don't think it is uh, how many how many photos make up the blast if you can let us know in the chat there we go. All right. All there right. you go. He's printing one just for Nick. Look, he's taking orders live right now. What I, I a gentleman and a scholar. I love I think, it. All right. I think Nick, if, if Jared does another one of his like uh, uh, <laughs> vacation trips, I'm, I'm going to buy a package for Nick. I want Nick to go <laughs> with Jared on a toy photography safari. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there like, what? You can What's be the blowtorch holder. What is a... Yeah, yeah. I'll be there Nick's, Nick's like Nick. Nick just busts out his his new Samsung, and he's like, "What? Like this? Should I, should I hold it like that? Like this?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's good. Good times. Good shit. At yeah, no, I mean, the, 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 the dork will always be a a special friend of the show. No, I mean, he a, um, a, yes, one of our I think him. our our first interview. First no, ever Dom, interview. Dom was our first interview. Interview, not not Vin Diesel. Community interview. Yeah, um, Gecko Dom. Yeah, uh, but I believe Jared was our first toy photography interview, and then he actually he was, was a co-host, our first yeah, ever I was guest. Say, he was the only—I think he's the only ever like sit-in co-host. Right, he, he did it twice. And the only reason he didn't hear it the second time is because he fucking forgot <laughs> he to record his stem. So, yeah. but we, we we don't talk about that anymore. Yes, All he right. says fifteen plus layers. There we go. Okay, I, I thought go. so. He, he layers in those. You know, that's just think about that. 15 layers potentially means 15 separate explosions to get this shot going. So dude does not uh, use his fireworks sparingly. All right. He takes advantage of the phantom fireworks Buy one, get 10 free sales. Yeah. All right. So go give at sir dork seven, three, zero follow on Instagram. If you don't already Uh, click the tap link on his about us. And that will take you right to, all of the places where you can follow him outside of Instagram. And it will also take you to his shop as well, where you can get some. Cool yeah, I think he's got um, a new base stuff. of operations. It looks like, uh, I don't know if he bought a house or, or is renting a house now, but again, because I, I'm, I'm fond of the dork. I, uh, you know, I'll check out his content, his stories, watch the videos. Uh, but it looks like he moved to a house now and he's already marking out explosion uh, areas around the house where he can like fuck shit up and, and dump some TNT on his property and, Jared, Jared, and light his figures on fire. Know, like beware of explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm sorry everyone, but today between five and 10 PM, I will be lighting off some dynamite. So yeah. um, well, why are you doing that, Jared? Oh, I'm just taking some pictures of my toys. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Don't worry, Don't worry about it. Appreciate sure, Yeah. Worry. He's going to have like the, the home association coming after him. Like, Hey, yeah. like, let's, what the, the fuck's fuck this guy doing? doing? Can't be doing the <laughs> shit over here. All right. Thank you, Sir Dork, as always, for the love, and, and we show love to you. Whenever I hear his name or just think about him, I go back to the, the movie The Crow, and there's a scene where the goons just go, fire it up, fire it up, fire <laughs> it up. That is Sir Dork in a nutshell. That's at the least mantra. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. All right. All right. Who's last our last, last victim five. here? It is Johnny1300 on Instagram. And like while a lot of our other shots here have been like action shots, close up shots and stuff like this. I really like the scene. It's it's awesome. That Johnny built here. And what we see is farm boy Luke. This is, you know, something that could have happened during the, the episode four timeline. New Hope. He is is standing there having a conversation with C3PO. 
and you see R2D2 right by them as well. And it looks like there's they're standing somewhere near the uh the the cantina in Mos Eisley. Yeah, and I mean you could argue, Nick, this is a an off-screen moment where, you know, Luke was kind of talking with the droids about how much to sell the uh the speeder for the speeder right? for yeah because you can yeah. see the speeder right there in the background right right behind luke um and i just thought that this was a really well like you said re- really well staged the it's awesome the, it, it's just perfect it feels so natural like something yep. you would see it, in the movie it looks like a movie still and and, yeah. and again i you know i i've talked about there there are different types of toy photography there's the ones that you know, uh, can elicit emotion, like just through a portrait. You have the intense action shots, like we just looked at from at Sir Dork and that visual approach. Uh, you have scene recreations, and then you just have like, I think Trevor called them like just still shots, like still life shots. Yeah. And that's kind of what we have here. I mean, there, there's really nothing crazy going on. It truly is just like an alleyway uh, in most Isley. But it feels alive. It feels yeah. like these aren't toys. These are these are actual characters. We're just we 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 kind of have a a a bird's eye not a bird's eye view, but we have a a a special glimpse of this moment in time. A very casual moment. Just just you know shooting the shit, maybe talking about how much to sell the speeder for. But because of the staging, you got the 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 Jawas kind of right there right where the camera lens is probably at you got droids there plus he's got the depth added with some troopers behind the main focal points you got that pilot walking out of view but all of it adds to the the realness for a lack of a better word of the scene it just it feels alive it doesn't feel like toys in a diorama definitely and that's like it just stands out you know like it, it you look at that and like at first i looked at it i was like is that a I was like reeling through Star Wars in my head. I was like, was this a scene recreation? And I realized it wasn't. I was like, wow, this is just like something right. that came from Johnny's head. And he just fucking brought it to life. With yeah, the laid it out, bit it all out. I mean, it looks like everything's practical in there. All the all the sets, all the, you know, the, the moisture evaporator. Yeah. It's a of, shot. And you're like, you know, it's. There's not much going on, but there's a ton going on just because yeah. of how it's staged. Exactly. And I mean, perfect use of atmosphere. He, he like hit the like he, it's not overlit. It's not like, you know, the perfect amount of lighting. I mean, it's just it feels so real and in universe that it like draws you into it. It like mm-hmm. it, you like ask questions. Right, like what? Shot. What are they actually? Is is Luke about to to pimp slap C three PO because he said something <laughs> stupid, or is he is he going like, no, is that a fair price, or should we do this? You know, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, he so said his his original caption was, "Let's go three PO." Those troopers are making me nervous. So like, right. they're looking over there. You know, he's like looking over his shoulder. The troopers behind him and stuff. I mean, it's just such a, a like a really just well staged, well, uh, you know, lit atmospherically lighting everything about it is just so good that it draws you into it it makes you feel like this was a part of the movie so i mean just yeah i'm on um i'm on at johnny 1300's main page right now just to give everyone a a a better uh, understanding of what he produces Uh, it's a good mix of of the one six scale portrait shots and then uh more scene based 112 scale he's got Uh, a killer cad bane one from may 14th actually where he's like Cad Bane's just fucking laid out an entire room of stormtroopers. Um, yep. yep. I mean, 
Yeah, no, I mean, just some fantastic work here on Johnny 1300. Uh, I mean, hopefully we can turn him into Johnny 1400 and 1500 because right now his his number of followers <laughs> is the same as the the number oh, in his I like name. It. But I like it. You know, well, maybe he does that by design. Who knows? Hey, yeah, maybe he changes. Johnny is actually in the live phone. stream. Thank you for for checking in. Sometimes we don't know if anyone gives a rat's ass what we think, but we do appreciate you. Uh, uh, dipping into the live stream. Hopefully you, you, you liked what you listened to. I'm not sure if you listened to all the nonsense or, or just a fan segment, but if you liked it, consider uh, subbing to the channel. We'd appreciate it. Or the podcast yeah. on any podcast platform. Ratings yeah. and reviews are bonus. But yeah, right, Johnny1300, so. definitely good follow. Different mix of figures. I like this one here where you got the 1-6 scale <laughs> Grogu playing with uh the little micro machine star wars figures and it's like he's holding it up the den going look dad i got this toy um, <laughs> so good stuff from at johnny 1300 great stuff man love it all right that is the end of the top five Woo! fan segment and the show so matt take us home i'll try to nick and i, I <laughs> fucked our goal i know i said i wanted to, us to be under three hours but hey shit happens you never know what's gonna how long this thing will be when our two dumbasses get behind the mic and the cameras to talk Star Wars. But I feel like it was a productive conversation, so much so that we need more of you or more of people like the rest of you to fall in line. Let's go. Let's get the party started. Like someone was in here saying, welcome to the party. Exactly. If it's your first time, welcome. Hopefully you'll stick around. If you need to know how to stick around, I'm here to tell you. StarWarsTime.net. It's the easiest place to keep tabs on the Star Wars Time show in between our live streams, which usually kick off on Tuesdays anywhere between 2 and 3 p.m. East. Will we ever commit to an actual time like Big Boys and Big Girl podcast? Probably not because we're slackers. Uh, but this week, I, I, I vow not to compare our show to an STD like I did last week, all right? <laughs> Even though I would I would love to infect some of you like an STD, that way you have to keep scratching us and coming back for more. We could be the medicine to your disease, I guess. We'll put it that way. Uh, but hey, come on. I, I guess a good way to get me to, to stop talking about myself and acting like a narcissistic Star Wars blowhard would be to have the numbers come, right? I mean, that, that's all I'm looking for. I will stop tooting my own horn when I realize other people are tooting it for me through views. How's that? Because <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Let, let's be real. We're, a lot of us are content creators that listen to this show. If you continually create content and people tell you it's good content, yet it doesn't grow in terms of the people that watch it, is it really good content? That is a question I wake up with every day and ask myself. So either, you know, people just like blowing smoke up our asses, Nick, or somehow, you know, 10, 12 years into making content, I've managed to stay hidden from the masses of Star Wars fans that apparently would appreciate my content. Because like I even said today, a guy's like, hey, man, this is this is some good stuff, but you talk about yourself too much and I'm doing it right now. So I'm falling right back into that rut. So I'll shut the fuck up and remind you, StarWarsTime.net. That's where, our, you know, anytime any of the content we're going to talk about on the weekly show, you can find it on the site beforehand so you're prepared for the discussions. Uh, you can also find all of our jump off links to the podcast. You know, just go to subscribe to the podcast. You can find the links to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn. You do it. And we will love you for it. Uh, 
If you do make the decision to follow along this journey, all we ask instead of cashola is to, if you're a YouTuber, like our videos, comment on our videos, and subscribe to the channel with notifications. At least with notifications, you'll know when our two lazy asses go live promptly instead of just trying to guess in between which minutes between the hours of two and three will actually turn on the cameras. Um, so StarWarsTime.net, you can find all the podcast platforms and you can find the YouTube subscribe button. But if you're on there or if you've been on there, ratings and reviews, if you have not done so already, think of it as a reach around for us. All right. All we're asking for is a simple reach around every once in a while. We're not asking for anything crazy like playing tummy sticks. OK. And besides, we know it. Nick knows it. My daughter used to know it. But there's always time for Star Wars time. There truly is. There's never a bad day for Star Wars time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, this is another bonus. The Force will be with you always. Always.